Live from the 607, it's the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour, where we're talking everything going on in the world of sports. Join in the conversation on social media with the hashtag ODPH, because here we go. Welcome to an all-new edition of the ODPH Podcast, better known as the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour. What is happening, everybody? Thank you so much for joining us for this very special edition. I should really emphasize it because it is one of the biggest episodes we do all year long here on the ODPH. My name is Ken M. You know me. You also know the co-host sitting to my right. His name is Padawan J. Let me talk to you. Yeah. Uh, Ken, I got to say right now, I, I, I'm fearing for my life uh, right now. I, I don't feel safe. Uh, you know, we might have to talk about this afterwards. See, you know it's a special edition because if Pat is saying that, there's one topic that comes up yearly that would cause that kind of reaction. And that's why we have to bring in a special mediator to help maintain the peace and drop that knowledge on you because we always respect his opinion. You know him as the host of the 3FN Podcast. You know him as the host of 607TWS, The Wrestling Show. And you will know him as the host of Nerd Initiative's brand new wrestling YouTube show starting up September 13th, Wednesday night, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Wrestling Night Live. Welcome back to the show, the one, the only, Rich. Hey, what's up, ODPH Nation? Why are you ready to talk about some footballs? Because I am. Absolutely. You know when we give you an intro like that, and you know what time of year it is. It is the official ODPH Podcast NFL Preview Edition Part 1. Yes. Because the episode is so big, we separated in two parts. And you know how we break this down if you're a, a long-time listener. If you're not, well, first and foremost, thank you for checking us out. We do appreciate it. We give a breakdown of each div- conference. The AFC is one episode. The NFC is the other episode. And in that, we give you our picks of each division. We give you some fantasy football ideas. We give you our playoffs predictions and who is ultimately going to be going to punch their ticket for the Super Bowl next year representing the American Football Conference. So without any further ado, because we'll just tell you for anything else that is the ODPH, you can find it at odphpodcast.com. Let us kick it off, Pad. Start us off in the AFC East. Yeah, so looking at these standings from last season, uh, the Buffalo Bills won the division with a record of 13-3. and Miami came in second place, also clinching a playoff spot uh, with a record of 9-8. and The Patriots came in third with a record of 8-9, and and the New York Jets came in last with a record of 7-10. and So that being said, mm-hmm. Rich, what is your views of the AFC East now? Uh, I would say that this is, in my opinion, the toughest division in all of football. I agree. Mm-hmm. It's one that's vastly improved. Uh, whenever, and this is no shots at my good friend Padawan Jay, but whenever the worst team in your division is the New England Patriots, that is not a that's not a uh, a good thing for the rest of the league. Mm-hmm. That's a bad thing for your division. Yeah. yeah, because that means that every team in that division has got something to win. And and I only say that because. The, the Patriots aren't as sexy as some of the other teams. Uh, mm. so on, but still, on the field, they're going to get stuff done, as we all know. They're not a terrible team. So if that's your worst team, just looking on paper, just on the paper, 
I think this is the toughest division in football by a long shot. There's no mm-hmm. other division. Every other division usually has the bottom dwelling team as you're like, eh, that's a free win. Eh, they're going to get a couple wins this season. Not the AFC East. The AFC East, literally, if if you told me that all the teams made the playoffs, I'd believe it. Yeah. No, this, this is the toughest division in all of the NFL. Ken, I think you and I both agree when I say this. Uh, we are going to beat the tar out of each other mm-hmm. playing the other teams in the conference. Absolutely. I mean, I mean you got Josh Allen, uh, Stephon Diggs, Gabe Davis, Dawson Knox over there in Buffalo. You got Tua, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle down there in Miami. Up in New England, you got Mac Jones, Ramondre Stevenson, Juju Smith Schuster got added this past offseason. Devontae Parker still there, Kendrick Bourne. Plus, you've got Hunter Henry and Mike Gasecki who got added in the offseason. Oh, by the way, they've also added Ezekiel Elliott, so we'll see what we get from him. Oh, by the way, there's some bad man up in. Uh, uh, down in uh, the, the Meadowlands in New York slash New Jersey with Aaron Rodgers, if you've ever heard of him. You know, he, he's got Dalvin Cook, if you've ever heard of him. Uh, used to be with Minnesota. Now he's with the Jets. Also got Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb, so uh, most recently featured on, uh, what was it, uh, Hard Knocks on HBO. Mm-hmm. This is the toughest division in the NFL, and beating any of these four teams is not going to be a walk in the park. Well, I like how you brought up about the New York Jets, because I think out of everybody this offseason, they made the biggest splash, acquiring multi-MVP from Green Bay, the one and only Aaron Rodgers as Mm -hmm. quarterback. Now, obviously, that divorce has been very, very messy for the Lambeau faithful. Yep. But for the Jets, it is a sign of hope. Now, is it going to automatically punch their ticket to the Super Bowl? No. I don't believe so. But... Is this a definite step in the right direction? Absolutely. Even if it's not a long-term fix. Mm-hmm. Because let's face it, Aaron Rodgers has a lot of tread on the tires. Yes, he does. And to say that he's going to be around forever for this team, you never know. Because let's face it, we have seen a little difference in him over the years and how much drive there is for him to still keep playing. Because When you have success, it is tough to keep motivated. Mm -hmm. And especially now at his age, what's really there to drive him? Right. And I think that ultimately this season is going to be his best option to win a chip. He has a great defense led by Sauce Gardner Mm -hmm. around him. And when you can have a real lockdown defense like the Jets are, that is going to help you. But – where the Jets have struggled in the past is putting points on the board. Let's face it, Zach Wilson, not the guy. <laughs> no, no. Rich, I mean, I think you can definitely agree about that. Oh, Zach Wilson is definitely not the guy. Uh, but you added so much in the offseason with Aaron Rodgers. You, know, mm-hmm. you, you have the reigning offensive rookie of the year, the reigning defensive rookie of the year, both on the New York Jets for the AFC. Uh, so therefore, you know, you're starting off with that. Then on top of that, you add in familiar faces for one yeah. Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So now now he's got his go-to people, plus while he's, you know, working with these young kids. And then if that wasn't enough on the offensive side of the ball, which that was the big problem last year was offense, not defense. Their defense was great last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the If that was enough, Dalvin Cook fell into their laps. Yeah. So they have a top five running back that falls in their laps as well. 
I will say this, though. The defense looks amazing. It's a young defense. They did great last year. I'm expecting big things from that defense. That is going to be what gives everybody fits in the AFC East and outside of the AFC East is they're going to have one of the top defenses in the league. I don't think that there's going to be a problem there. The only problem that I could see is what Aaron Rodgers are we going to get? Right. If we get the Aaron Rodgers that's playing with motivation that we've gotten in the past, the one you know that won a bunch of MVP awards, mm-hmm. then this could be a Super Bowl bound team. However, if we get the uh, Aaron Rodgers that we got the last two seasons in yep. Green Bay, eh, it's not going to be. But I think he's motivated. I think that this is really something big. And unfortunately, where they think that this is a you know we, we on hard knocks you heard the head coach say you know you know this is great for us and everything i'm like i don't know if it's great for you though and here's why this team is built to win now mm-hmm. I'm, I'm assuming management is not going to accept anything less than the super bowl no. anything less nor should they and nor should they because look at we got you delvin cook at running back we got you a hall of fame quarterback You know, to be the starting quarterback, we brought in pieces in the receiving core. We brought in pieces for you know tight end. Now we they're tight end looking good. You know, Uzma's there, Mm -hmm. uh, Yoba's there. They've got this great looking things. You know, Irvin Charles is is doing good things. Alan Lazard, of course. You know, mentioned Randall Cobb is there. Like, they've got this whole lockdown offense to go with this lockdown defense. They've got to produce. I think the pressure's on more than it's ever been on the New York Jets. The New York Jets are an afterthought team. We are from New York. We understand this. In yeah. New York, the number one team in New York, whether we like it or not, is the New York football giants. Yeah. Then the Bills are number two. Depending Jets, on where you are, yeah. yeah. Especially if you're in western and upstate New York, the Bills are number two. You still have more Giants fans, in my opinion. Yeah. But then... The Jets are always third in the conversation. It's like in baseball. The Yankees are the baseball team of New York. Yes, the Mets are there, but there's less Mets fans. Even in the state of New York, if you go to a Lids to buy a baseball cap, you'll see 25 different Yankee caps and only one row of Mets caps. That's just how it is. I'm not the one that makes the rules. It is how it is. Mm -hmm. So now the Jets, with all this spotlight on them, it's not going to be the Giants overshadowing them. It's not going to be the Bills overshadowing them. They're going to be the spotlight and focus, and can they handle the pressure? We're going to find out. Aaron Rodgers only played in a small market. He's never played in New York. And we're going to find out very quickly because I'm looking at their schedule, and this has got to be one of the toughest opening schedules I've ever seen. Uh, so they open week one at home uh, on Monday night against the Buffalo Bills. Uh, week two, they travel down to Dallas to play the Cowboys. Week three, they are at home to play the New England Patriots. Uh, week four, they stay home to play the Kansas City Chiefs. Week five, they travel on the road to play the Denver Broncos. Week six, they're at home against the Philadelphia Eagles. They've got a bye week in week seven. Then they've got uh, the Giants uh, home away, whatever you want to call it. It's the same building. They've got the Giants week eight. And then week nine, they've got the Chargers. Week 10, they've got the the, uh, Raiders. And then they've got the Buffalo Bills again in week 11. And then the Miami Dolphins in week 12. And then the rest of the season, they've got the Falcons, Texans, Dolphins, Commanders, Browns, and then the Patriots to close out the season. So definitely some wins they can pick up in the latter half of that, sure. that latter half of that schedule. But you look at those first like six, seven, eight weeks. Holy fuck! Well, this is a true test for them, and especially how they've upgraded. And with the talent on paper, they're not flying under anybody's radar. No, nope. you know how there's always a team each season that surprises. Yeah, last year was Seattle. Yeah. Year before that, Cleveland. Uh, I mean, Jacksonville. This goes on and on. But I think the Jets, when you bring in Aaron Rodgers, there's a certain pressure there. When you bring in Dalvin Cook, who, let's face it, was a monster in Minnesota. They did not re-sign him. He lands in a perfect spot with the Jets, with Brees Hall still recouping from his knee injury. 
You have Garrett Wilson, who's an emerging wide receiver. You bring in comfort receivers for Rodgers and Lazard and Cobb. There is no reason this team should not be a playoff team at the bare minimum. No. And I fully think they are going to make the playoffs. But I don't think they're going to win that division. Well, let's talk about – let's switch gears here. Let's talk about the team that won the division last year, the Buffalo Bills. Obviously, you know, that's the homer team for you, Ken. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, they're still the team to be in that division until otherwise. Until they are beaten, they're the team to beat. And the reason I say that is because they're returning pretty much everybody, but that's a good and a bad thing. You know, there's a couple people that have left, but nothing I would say that really changes the outlook of, of the team. Mm-hmm. But the bad part about that is they didn't bring anything in sexy. And, and we've set up for a while. They are in need of a running back. Yeah, they are. They are in need. Of, and it's also a coaching thing. They're in need of calling running plays. I mean, James Cook, this is going to be, what, his second year? Yep. So I think he has some tools. He is listed as the number one on the draft uh, on the depth chart as mm-hmm. of right now. Correct. Yep. Uh, followed by Damian Harris and Latavius Murray. I, I know that name as a Raiders fan because we at one point in juncture had Latavius Murray as well. Uh, but, you know, the receiving core looks great. Still, you know, anchored by Stefan Diggs and Gabe Davis. Uh, Gabe Davis is always, you know, great for the big game making mm-hmm. plays. You know, you're going to want to go to him. Dawson Knox, of course, is a nice little safety blanket. And, of course, you have Josh Allen, one of the best quarterbacks in the league. So you have no problems there. Now let's flip the side to the other side of the ball in defense. And the defense on this team can be great, and they can sometimes not be great. Oh, agreed. And last year, I can't blame it on the team. There was a lot of injuries, mm-hmm. yeah. a lot of injuries. Because yeah. last year, uh, Micah Hyde was out for a long time. Yeah. Uh, also, Jordan Poyer was out for a lot of the season as well. I know he came back towards the second half of the season, but he was out for a lot of the first half of the season. Tredavious White was pretty much a non-factor because he was out for a lot of the beginning of the season, then came back and then got a minor injury, which gave him limited playing time, which mm. I have nothing against him. Once again, he's one of the best lockdown corners in the league. Oh, agree. So if you're going to miss him, especially when you don't have Hyde or Poyer, it's going to be a, a troubling thing and then i thought that really where they really were successful was that linebacker core until von miller got injured and then mm-hmm. we know uh, i know last year when we got it you were not sold on von miller mm-hmm. i was the only one sold on von miller i would like to take the pat on the back that uh while he was healthy von miller looked like a beast i think he's going to get that because now you have on this team you have enough speed because you have matt milano uh, on it, also as a linebacker on the core, you're going to have enough speed for Von Miller to get in there, and and he's still a he's still a force. He just needs to stay healthy, and he stayed healthy for most of the season. But I think when he got injured at the end, it was because he was doing too much because of all the other injuries. So they really are going to have they're really going to have to take their time and make sure they're keeping everybody healthy on that defense because if they can keep the defense healthy. The offense is going to put up the numbers. The defense has to do the stoppage. That could be the only problem the Buffalo Bills, in my opinion, run into this season. Yeah, no, I think the Buffalo offense should be fine. I know Ken has mentioned before the guy they picked up in the draft with the offensive line. So the offense is going to be fine. You know, they've got everybody returning there. Cooks is still there. Damien Harris, I will say he's fine. He's not exactly a sexy running back, but he's good in certain situations uh, since he used to be a New England Patriot. Uh, Stefan Diggs, listen, enough said. I don't need to say anything else about him. Gabe Davis, emerging star. Uh, you know, you've also got Khalil Shakir. Dawson Knox is still great. You know, the only concern I have, like Rich alluded to, is defense. And I know he brought 
up Von Miller, but as Ken, I know I mentioned to you, Von Miller's still on the IR, mm. what, whatever it is, so he's out the first mm. four games of the season. The other thing that concerns me for the Bills is I'm looking at their defensive depth chart. There is not a lot of depth on this defense. A lot of them, you got first, you got a starter and a second string, and not much else after that. The only spots they've got depth are you've got the left defensive tackle, they've got three guys there. Uh, the right defensive end, they've got three, uh, four guys there, excuse me, Von Miller still out. Uh, you got the middle linebacker, which has got three guys, the left cornerback, which has got three guys, and then the right cornerback, which has got four guys. So that's not a lot. There's a lot of holes there. So I'm worried for Buffalo, you know, if something happens for them defensively, you know, they're going to be hurting and then that's going to burn them. I do agree with another thing Rich said, though. Y'all need a fucking running back that can crack 100 yards before Christmas. Mm-hmm. Because I'm mm-hmm. looking at the last... I know we've brought it up year in and year out, and people think I'm, I'm beating you know, a dead topic. But it, listen, you need a good running game in this, in this day and age. Pulled up the schedule the last five years. I'm not going to go through every week, but just mention the week where they finally hit a 100-yard rusher. So Buffalo didn't hit a 100-yard rushing game until Christmas Eve last year against the Chicago Bears, and it was Singletary who hit 106. Mm-hmm. 2021, they did not hit a 100-yard rusher until Week 17. That was January 2nd. That was also Devin Singletary. That was 110 yards. 2020, they did not hit a 100-yard rushing game all season. Uh, 2019, they did not have a 100 yard rusher until November 24th. That was against the Denver Broncos. That was also Devin Singletary. And then in 2018, they did not have a 100 yard rusher until, uh, week 10. That was against the New York Jets. And that was LaShawn McCoy. I agree with you. And I think we are going to see a difference in the running game because the one thing that they did, which didn't generate a ton of headlines, but it's still noteworthy is they did make minor moves to the offensive line. Okay. Connor McGovern, they got from Dallas and at left guard, and he is going to be an immediate impact player. I know he's currently injured right now, so I'm not sure if he's going to be starting game one, but I think he's going to help that offensive line, and that is something that they have not addressed, in my opinion, well enough as a need over the past couple of years. They did go and get Osiris Torres from Florida, who like I was screaming at the draft like I wanted him in the first pick. We didn't get him, but we got him in the second round, which I am more than ecstatic to get him in there. I think with those two getting playing time and getting that line gelled, I think the Bills will improve. Now, am I going to say they're going to be a dominant running force? No, absolutely not. But they are going to be improved in two areas. One, they are going to get more of a running game out of James Cook and Damian Harris. To what extent, at least they'll give Josh reasons not to go try running for 100 yards a game. And that is something Josh Allen needs to learn to do. I Granted, as a Bills fan, I love seeing him get the ball forward and really you know go the extra strides. But at this day and age, he's t- I don't want to see him take too many risks. I don't want to see him hurling anybody. He's got weapons, and he has a decent line around him that he needs to be patient in the pocket. The problem is is that they have to start calling more run plays, period. Oh, I agree. And they cannot let Josh Allen change the plays in the huddle. He likes to option out of plays. We all know this. Mm -hmm. That's one of the things he does. He needs to understand that to open up the air game, which he is very successful in, 
he has to establish the run game. Make people make it so that you can't creep back. If they can establish a run game, this is a dangerous team because once you can establish the fact that oh, you have to play us in, that's when you can go over the top to Gabe Davis or Stefan Diggs, who are very capable of going over the top, and Josh Allen's very capable of getting the ball to them. That's really where they're going to have to benefit from. Well, I think it's going to come down to. Sorry to interrupt you. Yeah. I think it comes down to Ken Dorsey's play calling mm-hmm. too. And I think he's going to have to. And I think this is what led to that little drama with Stefan Diggs. Oh, yeah. And I think that they're all understanding the temp in the room. They have been the favorite in the East the past couple of years. But newsflash, the East has gotten a lot better overall. Mm-hmm. By the way, over over and under how many uh, league tablets Ken Dorsey breaks this year? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Start with five and go from there. Yes, exactly. Uh, let's just look at the schedule real quick like we'd like to do before we move on. Uh, of course, Pat already mentioned because we talked about the Jets. They do play the Jets in the opening week on Monday Night Football. And then I'm going to say this. They have a very favorable schedule early on. Yeah, they do. Week two, they play the Raiders. That should be a win. <laughs> and I'm a Raiders fan. I should tell you something. Uh, they play the Commanders in week three. Bum, 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 they play bum. the Dolphins in week four, so division game always tough. Mm-hmm. They play those Jacksonville Jaguars in week five on Sunday. Uh, you know, early morning though. So, so to be oh, fair, that is, I do believe, over in England. Yeah, yeah. it's at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Yeah, so obviously Tony Khan got a little uh, sanction there for them. Uh, <laughs> the Giants they got in week six. Uh, week seven they play the Patriots, so division game. Week eight the eight the Buccaneers. Uh, week nine the Bengals, so a good team. Week ten the Broncos. We'll get to that later. <laughs> uh, week eleven they replay the Jets. Week twelve though it gets tricky. They got to play the Eagles. Then they get their bye in week 13, which I think is a perfect place for a bye. You always want, I think you want it later in the Late season. Late in the season yes. is always good. Yes. But when they come back from bye, it's main event time, ladies and gentlemen, because they play those uh, Super Bowl defending Kansas City Chiefs, the bane of the Buffalo Bills existence lately. In Kansas City. In Kansas City. And uh, I, I'm going to say this. That's going to get flexed. Right now it's at the Chiefs at 425 p.m. Oh, that's that will be Sunday That night. will be flexed to Sunday night, I promise uh-huh. you much. Uh, the Cowboys in Week 15, the Chargers in Week 16, the Patriots in Week 17, and ending uh, the season against the Miami Dolphins yep. in Miami. So that could be nice for them—a little vacation in Miami, vacation at the end of the season. Although they don't do well in that hot weather in no. December. I'm looking at the schedule for that week. That, that might depend on records because the Sunday night game that week, where Buffalo's in Kansas City, is currently Philly and Dallas. Yeah, I, I, I'm so going to go on. Honestly, I'm going to go on the limb and say that it's still getting flexed because I don't think when the league finally realizes that they got Buffalo and Kansas City scheduled, I understand like everybody likes to make this big thing about the NFC East, but pff, it's the Eagles or bust pretty much for the East. Let's be honest. I mean, I know we're Early talking preview. about NFC <laughs> yep. next, next uh, on the next episode, but still, I'm just going to throw it out there. It is definitely going to be flexed. There's no way those teams still won't be two of the top teams in the league, and it's the rivalry. I don't even know why you would put anything else in the main event spot. It is the main event. Mm. Oh, I agree. And and I think just with that, I think the Bills are still looking to be the overall favorite right now, but it's close, and it's going to just depend on a couple different factors. When we touched about the run game. Secondly, very quickly, is that defense and how healthy they can be because when we saw Micah Hyde go down, Justin Poyer, I don't want to say got exposed, but mm-hmm. I think we saw he was very much lacking that confidence in whoever was next to him on the field. Mm-hmm. And I think that now with Hyde back and ready to play along with Tredavious White, and so far all signs are saying 100%, they should be okay. But if there's any major injuries, it could be a problem. Mm-hmm. Agreed. 
Uh, well, it's funny that we just talked about the Bills because of sexy running backs, and we all we noticed that Dalvin Cook went to the Jets. Well, speaking of sexy running backs, the New England Patriots got themselves a sexy running back. Yeah, they did. Big Zeke, Ezekiel yeah. Elliott, yeah. is now a Patriot. By the way, I just want to point this out. In true Bill Belichick fashion, their depth chart is the only one that's the unofficial depth chart because he yeah. doesn't believe in giving a real depth chart. And it's listed really weird, so if you go on NFL.com under the Patriots, you're going to notice that uh, the depth chart's a little weird. But that's just because it's... It's Bill. Mm-hmm. Well, they tried doing. I know they tried doing some stuff with their quarterbacks because they, they initially put both of their quarterbacks, Malik Cunningham and then Bailey Zapp, on waivers. They both cleared waivers. They both were going to re-sign with the Patriots, and then they were going to sign Matt Coral, who was with the Carolina Panthers. And then I haven't had time to read into it, but then there was like they were going through this whole process, mm-hmm. and Belichick was doing his 4D chess or whatever the fuck it is he does. Mm-hmm. And then the NFL turned around and did something with like the rules that they're like, oh hey, by the way, we know you think you can do it this way, but you can't. But you, you can't. You got to do it the other way. So they're trying to figure so stuff Matt, out. So Matt Coral is is the number two quarterback behind Mac Jones. There was a minute there where there was no number two quarterback. There was no in, two. In, there in was no three. Yeah. I just want to point that out there. So it was yeah. either Mac or bust. Uh, but here's the thing: they don't have a fullback listed because they have both their running backs. Listed separately, so I'm assuming they're running a two running back set, yeah, uh, which is fine, yeah, because uh, you have uh, Stevenson and Elliott. I think that'll be fine. You could even switch those guys in both of them in the backfield. Wouldn't be a bad idea. Uh, they both can catch passes as well, so it's going to be a pretty big. Th- uh, it's going to be a nice little valve for Mac Jones, who sometimes struggles. Uh, getting the ball downfield, not his own fault per se. Uh, the line has been sus in <laughs> New England over the past few years. Yeah. Uh, but speaking of which, they did add some threats downfield because you did add Juju Smith-Schuster. Uh, I'm not a huge Juju fan. However, uh, if you guys go back to last year, you'll find out how much. And then, of course, we're looking at his stats. I think he had, what, nine touchdowns all year in Kansas City mm-hmm. last year. So, eh. But you know what? In the Patriots system, Bill Belichick tends to take problems or people who are underperforming and uh, boost them up a little bit. So I could see that happening here. Devontae Parker is back as well, so that's always nice. Uh, tight end, Hunter Henry. And then, like you mentioned before, Mike Gusecki has been added. So you got two real solid yeah. uh, tight ends. So I think that they're really trying to help Mac Jones out, especially with the uh, fast pass game, if you will. Yeah. Uh, so they, they look like they uh, definitely – got their stuff together on that side of the ball. On the other side of the ball, let's be honest, it doesn't even matter who's playing on the defense because it's still a Bill Belichick team and the greatest possibly, probably the greatest defensive mind of all time in the game. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming that the, the defense is going to be just fine. Uh, but they do have some, it's not like they don't have players. Right. It's just that you don't have to have the sexy names that everybody else has uh, because they're going to overachieve no matter what. They have Matthew Judon. That's all they need. Yes, they do have Matthew Judon. But I, like I said, they're going to pretty much – they have the Jones brothers as well. They're not that They're not even related, but no. it's Jonathan Jones and Marcus Jones. There's three Jones on this team. <laughs> yes, there yeah. is three Jones. I wonder how they're going to decipher all of those Jones. At, yeah. one, at one point, it looked like there was going to be a fourth, and they were talking about putting first initials on there. Uh, you're going to have to at some point. At some point, yeah. But yeah, you, you have a linebacking core that's pretty looks pretty good. Of course, uh, led by Matthew Judon, fifteen and a half sacks uh, you know, last year. Absolutely. Uh, then right, your defensive ends look good. Lawrence Guy Senior uh, is and uh, Dietrich Wise both very serviceable defensive Love ends. Them both. Once again, they're the Patriots. Their defense is going to be good because you have the best uh, you know mind in defensive football. The only thing is going to be like every season. And as a fan of the team, Padawan Jay, you have to admit this, is what the offense is going to do. The the only thing that concerns me with the offense, because I know a lot of people last year wondered what happened with Mac. You know, he had the great rookie season, and then it's like he fell off a cliff in the Grand Canyon and couldn't find his way back up in, in uh, his sophomore season. You know, the old sophomore slump. But let's be honest, even as a Patriots fan for 20-plus years now, I could not tell you who the offensive coordinator was last year. 
You you could you know you could say hey answer it or else and I well well give me the or else because I couldn't tell you. However, this year they do actually have an offensive coordinator. It is listed. It is Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien returning to be the offensive coordinator this year. So. I remember the last time Bill O'Brien was in New England and he had the two tight ends set going there with uh, Rob Gronkowski and uh, he who shall not be named. Uh, You know, no, not the pro wrestling one, but the uh, one from uh, University of Florida. Uh, You know, so that I remember those days. Those were great days offensively. And now, granted, it was with the greatest of all time, Tom Brady. But it is. Well, I'm giving Mac a chance. You know, the only thing that I have question with is the offensive line, because the offensive line, notoriously, the last couple of years has been their weakest point. Could it be the, a weak point this year? Yeah, probably until they figure some stuff out and they get some stuff solidified. I like what they've got on offense. Stevenson was phenomenal last year. Ezekiel Elliott, listen, is he in the latter half of his career? Yeah, sure. But does he need to be in every down, you know, oh, we need you to get 200 yards a game back? No. We, short yardage, if we need you to punch a hole in the into the defensive line and get us the first down, or hey, we're on, we're in short and goal situation, we need you to just run wide on the outside and run in for the end zone, perfect. Right. Belichick's had plenty of success with running backs in the past. Look at the history. There's a reason I never draft a Patriots running back in fantasy is because it's always running back by committee. Mm-hmm. Offensively with the receivers, listen, Devontae Parker was fine last year. Kendrick Bourne is looking like he, from uh, the preseason stuff, he's looking better than he did last year. Hunter Henry Gusecki should be great. I know they added Farrell Brown in the last week or so, so we'll see what happens with there. But yeah, no, with with Bill O'Brien being there in the offense, I, I like the way it's going. I'm cautiously optimistic. I'm not going to sit here and go, yep, sign him for the playoffs. They're going to make the playoffs, baby. But I'm, you know, I'm, I'm at least optimistic. As I like to pick on you all the time about uh, 10, 8, 12. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, the one thing here I will say is the Patriots will be fine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's oh, yeah. one thing that I think with the amount of headlines going to the other three teams in the division, people are forgetting about. Bill Belichick is still there until he leaves they're going to be okay. Mm-hmm. At their worst, they'll be 500. But I think the biggest move that they did, and I love this move for your team, Pat, okay. is Mike Gusecki. Yeah. I think, and, I, and I'm going to say, it's going to be shades of Gronk and he who shall not be named with him and Hunter Henry. Yep. Now, am I going to say they're going to put up the same amount of points and yards? No, but I will say this. When your running game is stalling with – if Stevenson does mm-hmm. and Elliot, let's face it is on the, the back end of the career. Yep. And your wide receivers, if they're not showing up, these two are going to carry your team. Oh God. Yeah. And you're going to be fine because if Matt can do one thing, well, it's short passes. Yep. A la like how Tom Brady did now, not comparing saying the right. two are the same, right? but for what you have now, you will be able to move the ball. You will be able to score yeah. points. That's a big takeaway. Cause Smith Schuster, I'm hearing a lot of different things. If his knee is not 100%, right? Devontae Parker, I know, is starting off a little banged up the season. But I will say, on paper right now, even with that, you guys are still going to be about a 500 team. Well, and I know everyone's kind of like, oh, well, they don't have a number one receiver. Listen, they've only ever they've had. Never had, except Randy. Randy one Moss. Time. Yeah. One time they've had a number one receiver. The other times, nobody was really a number one. Well, I'll say this. They do have a little rough going in the season. Yeah. Uh, they open up the season against the uh, NFC, the last year's NFC champion team, the Philadelphia Eagles, 
who uh, we'll talk about that next week, but only have gotten better. I'll say, uh, say, listen, if things go badly, there will be a certain quarterback there getting honored pregame. Maybe we can talk him to come out of retirement. Yeah, maybe. Uh, the Dolphins are week two. Week three, they're at the Jets. Week four, they're at the Cowboys. So a little bit of uh, murderer's row of streak there on the road. Uh, week five, uh, they're back at home against the Saints. Then they go out to Vegas to take on the Raiders. They will then be in Buffalo for their first game against the Bills of the season in week seven. Week eight, they're back. Uh, they're at Miami. Thank God, the it's not at the, thank God it's not at the end of the year. By the way, I'll give credit to this. They get to play the Dolphins both games in the first half of the season. That's yeah, actually good. Uh-huh. Uh, week nine, they will be at uh, probably – they'll be home, thankfully, because if not, they would have had to go down to the worst stadium in the league and take on the Commanders. Bum, bum, uh, bum, bum. Week week 10, they're uh, they're at home against the Colts. Uh, at home by way of Germany. Oh, that's right. That Sorry. Game, that game. Sorry, it's a German game. Yeah, it's in Germany. I, I did miss that little note there. Uh, week 11 is the bye, so once again, a nice yeah. second half of the season bye. Yeah. Uh, then they return to take on the Giants at MetLife. Swear to God, if we lose that game, I'm disappearing. Chargers <laughs> at home. Then they're at the then they're at the Steelers, and I'm not going to say the name of the stadium. It'll always be uh, it's Heinz Field. Heinz Field. Yeah. Uh, just so you guys know. Uh, then they play the Chiefs at home, so that's good that they're at home. But still, yeah. the Chiefs. Yeah. Uh, then they're at the Broncos, and uh, they end the season. Or no, sorry, the last two games of the season, they're at Buffalo and at home against the New York Football Jets. Mm-hmm. So therefore, a uh, little little uh, little mixing up there for them. I think that it's a very winnable season. Oh yeah. The FC East seems to have good matchups outside. Yeah, outside the. Division, they do have a very favorable schedule. But inside is going to be a definite battle to see who comes out on top. And we can't forget about the Miami Dolphins. But they are literally make or break pending to his health. Mm-hmm. And I think it literally depends if he is back to being 100%, they're going to be fine. If he's not, unfortunately. But here's the thing. They did address that a little bit. They brought in Mike White. Mm-hmm. So Mike White, very serviceable uh, second-string quarterback. I'm not saying he's going to get you to the promised land, but it was a lot better options than they had last season. So, yes. Yeah. So they did address that. They brought in a very serviceable second-string quarterback. You still have Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill uh, lining up on opposite sides of the field of each other, and you still have uh, Moister in the back mm-hmm. field. So they're, they're doing all right for themselves. They're doing all right for themselves. My big question with them, yes, A, of course, is going to be, Will uh, Tua be healthy? My second question is the defense. Yeah. They yep. don't have a great defense. Unlike every other team in the NFC, or sorry, the AFC East, I'm getting ahead of myself, every other team in the AFC East seems to have a good defense, a great to good defense. Mm-hmm. You know, the Patriots defense is always going to be good. The The Bills defense is, if they're healthy, is great. And, of course, the Jets, that's what their bread and butter is. Mm-hmm. Last year they were great. I'm assuming they're going to be great again this year. Their big question mark is the offense. Every other team's question mark is pretty much the offense, except for Miami. Miami, with the exception of the quarterback situation, it's can their defense stop the other teams from running the score up on them? Yeah. I think it's going to be a very, very big challenge. And I think that they have the tools to really hang with the best in the league, not even outside the AFC East. I think the running game with Morster and even a fantasy pick too, Devon Akane. Okay. I think – they will have a nice one-two combo there. And obviously they have one of the best wide receiver pairs in the league. That's true. But after that, you hit it right on the head. That defense, I'm not going to say is suspect, but what team is going to show up each week? Mm -hmm. And when you take a look at them on paper – there's very few people that scare you. Bradley Chubb is not exactly the guy of old. When when the guy that that probably scares you the most is Eli Apple. That's a problem. And everybody remembers uh, how uh, Eli Apple handled being, you know, the spotlight and pressure on him 
when the uh, he kind of dropped the ball for the uh, Bengals. Yeah, yeah, Kansas City fans are smiling right now. No, I mean, Miami, to me, this is the one team out of the division that, like, if we're talking like a line graph, didn't really move up, didn't really move down. It just kind of stayed where it's at. I know that one of their big issues was running backs because, listen, Mostert's fine. He is in his ninth season, you know, and then yeah. he's uh, 31 years old. He turned, just turned 31 back in uh, our first part of this year. You know, his career high in rushing yards was this past season with Miami, 891. Prior to that, it was uh, 772 in 2019 with San Francisco. Then it was 521 in 2020 with the 49ers. And then it was 251 with the Niners in 2018. So he's never been that big of a running back until now. So will it improve? Maybe, maybe not. He's in the latter half of his career. I mean, and listen, the other guys behind him are, I'm sure, going to do fine. But they've got to pick up the slack. And then, listen, they're fine with the Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, but you can't throw the ball every damn time to them. You got to have other guys step up. And like you, like you guys both mentioned with the defense, the defense isn't anything sexy. It's not anything awful where it's like, holy shit, they're going to get shredded every game. They'll, they'll step up and they'll show up. Mm-hmm. But just that for me, this is the one team in the AFC that like, they really haven't done anything. I know they were rumored to try and get Dalvin cook. They were rumored to try and get Jonathan Taylor. Obviously both of those did not pan out. So we'll see what happens. Well, let's look at their schedule. The schedule week one, they're at the chargers. Week two, they're at the Patriots. Week three, they are at home finally against the Broncos. Then they go back on the road in week four to take on the Bills. Week five, they are at home against the Giants. Week six, at home against Panthers. Week seven, they go to Philadelphia. So that's got a good luck, guys. Yeah. Uh, week eight, uh, they take on the Patriots at home. So once again, as we mentioned before, getting both of the Patriots games out of the way early is, 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 is good for the Patriots and good for them because you don't want to have an overloaded uh, divisional games at the end of your season. I'm I know a- everybody ends on a division game now, which I enjoy. Yeah. But uh, you don't want to have too many of those in the second half of the season. Also having flashbacks of laterals down the field at the end of the game late in the season in Miami. Absolutely. Uh, Week 9, unlucky for them, uh, they are also going to uh, the uh, Germany as they take on the Chiefs. They are the the visiting team, although the Chiefs are the home team in Germany. Uh, Week 10, there is a bye. So that's actually, they're the only team we've seen so far that's going out of the country that has the bye when they come back. So that kind of plays their advantage. Yeah. Uh, next up, uh, they after the bye, they take on the Raiders in Miami. They take on the Jets in New York. They uh, take on the Commanders in uh, – oh, sorry. In, oh, shoot. They got the worst stadium in the field. They got to go to they Washington. They got to go to Washington. Yeah, I'm so Ooh, sorry. Hey. Uh, uh, they play the Titans at home in Week 14. Week 15, they play the Jets at home. Week 16, they play the Cowboys at home. Week 17, they're on the road against the Ravens, and then they finish the season at home, as we mentioned before, against the Bills. So out of the last five games, they have four home games. Yeah. So I guess that's also playing into their uh, benefit a little bit as well. Ken, I'm going to warn you now. Watch for late-game laterals and don't put your tight end in downfield coverage yeah i know it's gonna be something i'm gonna be very very worried about but before we get out of the afc east why don't we give our rankings where you think everybody's gonna wind up starting with pat so i think it's going to be the uh buffalo bills winning the division then i've got the uh new york jets coming in second patriots in third and then the dolphins in fourth rich I am going to go on the limb and say, like I said before, until they beat them, Buffalo Bills will finish in first. The New York Jets will finish close in second. I think it'll come down to tiebreakers there. Mm. I think they might even share the same record. Uh, The Patriots I am putting in third place also, and I'm thinking because 
there's so many questions in the QB span and also the defense. I think that Miami is going to finish the season, but I guess in last place, but I can still see them at like around 500. I know 500 doesn't really exist anymore because of uh, the 17 game season, but I could see them having a winning record with nine wins and just barely not making the playoffs. I could see every team in the East having a winning record, or if they have the losing record, it's the seven and, you know, seven and nine or nine and seven. They're not going to have, you know, outside of that. Yeah. I agree with you guys both. I think the Bills are going to win outright. I think the Jets are going to be one game behind them. And I think the difference is going to be one game between the Patriots and the Dolphins, between third and fourth. But I I think this is going to be the toughest division no matter what. And I'm going to say early right now, three teams are making it into the playoffs out of this division. Wow, okay. I I, I can agree with that. I'll also say the the game that's going to make the difference is the, the Patriots are going to win that early season game in Miami. Uh, They're going to take the one away from him at home yeah, that could because be. it'll be early enough that uh, it'll still be hurricane season down there, so it'll be a little bit cooler. Unfortunately, the Bills don't get that. They're going to be down there when it's like 90 degrees yeah, and sunny. Yeah, they do not play well put there. You, well, yeah, because they put you on the sunny side, which yep. is kind of cheating. I hope they fix that eventually. Honestly, I, I, that it really is kind of a cheap move. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out, but as we were talking about going to warmer weather, let's talk about the AFC South. So, Pad, why don't you lead us in? Yeah, so uh, last year the Jacksonville Jaguars won the division with a record of 9-8. and eight. Tennessee Titans came in second place with a record of 7-10. and 10. You had the Indianapolis Colts come in third with a record of 4-12-1. and one. And then you had the Houston Texans come in last with a record of 3-13-1. and one. Go right ahead, Rich. I was going to say, we might as well start right in order there and just start with uh, our favorite team in the South, owned yes. by our favorite owner in all of sports. Speak for yourself. Shad Khan and uh, his uh, managing partner, his son, Tony Khan, down there at the... Uh, listen, when those WWE belts went on sale, they're the first to sell out. <laughs> allegedly, maybe the one of the owners bought the majority of them. Allegedly, I don't know. Allegedly, there, allegedly. There's a lot of allegedly. Uh, there's a lot around. of allegedly. Uh, but let's, let's talk about the... Last year, they were our surprise. Mm-hmm. Like, let's be honest. We, yeah. we knew that they were going to be better than they were in the past. But at the same time, we kept saying, oh, they're still the Jacksonville Jaguars. And they shocked a lot of us. I got to give them I got to give them all the credit in the world. They came really close to making a Super Bowl. Yeah, they did actually make a run and they they pushed Kansas City to the limits. Like that was an interesting game where it, it could have gone their way. And it, unfortunately for them, it didn't. But I got to give them all the credit in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, so now we're looking at their uh, roster up chart. Of course, you have Trevor Lawrence back at QB. They better hope he stays in because they do not have a good backup. Uh, but, you know, you have uh, the, one of the highest paid receivers in the league, the man who broke the system, Christian Kirk. Uh, are you going to be on the Kirk watch out this year again? Of course. Four years, $98 million. Of course, Zay Jones is also there and Calvin Ridley. So they got a, they got a nice little thing as long as you keep Calvin Ridley from uh, gambling. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, Facts. Facts. Shots fired, right? Uh, then, of course, at running back, you got uh, – it's not – you know, they got they got Etten, but they got Bigsby, uh, Ernest Johnson, and Jamichael Hasty. They don't have a sexy, you know, running back core. But once again, you have that pocket passer. You don't really need that as much. Well, so we'll be able. We'll see if Etain Junior can uh, repeat his success last year. Thousand, yes. thousand yards rushing. Hey. Listen, when you have – it's a little easier for him on the aspect as long as that line stays healthy because they have a decent line down there. Yeah. And as long as Trevor Lawrence is a threat because Trevor Lawrence is a hell of a quarterback. I'll give him that credit. We said that he was going to have to wait until he was out of Jacksonville uh, mm-hmm. to be a hell of a quarterback. But guess what? He proved us all wrong in proving how great he is. In my opinion, he did it with Jacksonville. Yeah. Um, when you go on the defensive side, it's kind of like what we just talked about with Miami, though. 
there ain't a lot of sexiness on that side of the ball. I'm not saying there's not some good players over there. You go, you know, you got Trayvon Walker over there. So, I mean, you have some players, but it's not sexy. There's nobody, there's nobody that strikes fear in your heart when you're like, oh man, but here's the thing. They didn't have anybody that really struck fear in your heart last year and they did well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So maybe it's all on coaching. So that's what we have to go roll with. And maybe that system is going to turn out another winner. I mean, I hope not, just because I don't want to hear Tony Khan brag about how they're the greatest team of all time and they're no longer a secondary market team. And you never know if somebody doesn't go his way, he might fear for his life. You never know, (laughs) allegedly. Allegedly, allegedly. Uh, But uh, I don't know. On paper, I'm going to say Jacksonville's looking pretty damn good this year. I say Jacksonville, yeah, they're looking pretty good. I'd have to agree with Rich. You know, nothing really jumping out at me like, oh, I can't believe they added this. Their offense is going to be fine. You know, Latane Jr., Christian Kirk, Ridley back for his, uh, back for a full season, Zay Jones. They've also got Evan Ingram. You know, so offensively they should be fine. You know, as long, like Rich said, as long as Trevor Lawrence stays healthy defensively. Listen, is the defense going to lose them some games? Yeah. You know, you don't really have any go-getters out there that are jumping out to me. Sorry, Jacksonville fans, but it is what it is. You know, it's just the question for me is going to be, all right, with what the other teams in the division did, are you going to be able to keep pace and keep up with that? That's the ultimate question. That's part of what the Patriots did so well for so many years was they were able to keep pace with what the other teams in the division were doing. Can the Jacksonville do it? We'll see. You know, on paper, sure. You know, if they if they perform anything like they did last year, I think they can do it again, but we'll see. Lucky for them, they have a weak division. Yes, yeah, they do. That's what I say. They win this one by default. And it's nothing against the offensive side of the ball. Since Doug Peterson came there, he finally tapped into Trevor Lawrence mm-hmm. and got something out of him. Attain and, I mean, Bigsby could be a sleeper for, you know, fantasy football. Same thing with Hasty uh, for the running game. So I think that's going to be more of a running back by committee because unless Attain can really capture that college magic, I, I just haven't seen that transition to the pro game. The biggest move they'd done the entire offseason was bringing Calvin Ridley, who you touched upon was suspended last year for gambling. It was BS. Yeah. I'm, I'm going I'm to defend him. It was BS. I, like, I know I took my shot, but it was it was BS. Oh, absolutely. And I agree with you, too. So now he's back and with a new team, and I think he's going to be a, a surprise player for them. Like, if you're talking fantasy football, he might be the missing piece that Trevor Lawrence has always needed, that true number one. Christian Kirk is not that true number one. They overpaid. They way overpaid. Yeah. That's, why we, that's why we always kind of mention that. Plus, I mean, they have Evan Ingram as tight end, too, leaving the Giants now down there. There's a lot of things that are on the upside for them. But well, they're also playing the weak division, so that's going to cover up a lot. Well, they've got a pretty tough schedule, though. Uh, they open the season week one at the Indianapolis Colts. Then they go. They get to uh, come home, but they get to come home and welcome the Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> hey. uh, they, they, then they uh, stay at home to play the Texans. Uh, week four, they're going to they're going to England. They are the home team against the Falcons from Wembley Stadium. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Huh. Hey. Hmm. Do you think that they're going to put eighty one thousand thirty five in there for this game? Probably. I, not. I, I just drew that number out of my you know what. Yeah. Anyways, uh, <laughs> and they're staying there. Yeah, they're staying there because the following week they played the, the Bills. Bills at uh, Tottenham, which of course Tottenham, yeah. Ta- or sorry, it's Tot- I forgot you're a big uh, football fan. I am. Uh, so I, I, f- I forget uh, you said, but that is also the home uh, to Tony Khan's football team, isn't it? Not? No, Tony no, Khan not. owns uh, Fulham. Oh yes, Different that's right. Team. Yeah, yeah. Trust me. You know, of- I don't know how he didn't get his team playing in his stadium. Over that's there. a very good question. That is a good question. Anyway, so we have to ask it. Finally, they come back actually to their home and play take on the Colts. 
And then week seven, they're at the Saints. Week eight, they're at the Steelers. Uh, week nine, they get the bye. Week 10, they welcome the San Francisco 49ers. Week 11, they uh, welcome the Titans. Week 12, they're at the Texans. Week 13, they welcome the Bengals. Week 14, they're at Cleveland. Week 15, they play the Baltimore Ravens. Week 16, they're at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Week 17, they're at home against the Panthers, and they finish their schedule in Tennessee, taking on the Titans in Week 18. I love how everybody's to be determined about times on Week 18. Yeah, they That's are. That's the smartest thing that the NFL's ever done, besides division play at yeah. the same time. Uh, so they have a they have a pretty rough schedule, although two weeks in a row in England. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the thing with Jacksonville is they have the benefit of the weak division, and that will cover up a lot of wounds. Like I say, a lot of stuff that if they were in the AFC East, I don't think they'd be doing as successful. But if you can cover up those wounds and you can really, you know, march forward and really make a stake as, as being a premier team, like this is their best chance to do it, I feel. Like they they could be a, a 10 and, you know, whatever team, you know, 10, 11, 12 game wins, maybe, just because based on that division, I could see them sweeping it. And then obviously they can steal some games out there. I mean, Kansas City is not a lock right now for when they face them because there was an injury that just was late breaking. So if they can take advantage of that, I think that's going to help them. But they really need to come out of the gate early and really steal some wins that they shouldn't get. Absolutely. And they got a, they got a weak division. That's always uh, the key part. Uh, speaking of weak division, and I know we have some uh, friends down in the uh, Memphis, Tennessee area. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming they like them some Tennessee Titans. So let's talk about them Tennessee Titans next as uh, we come into this. You know, what are you going to say? Tennessee should have been the, you know, from the year before, not last season, but the season before, mm-hmm. they were kind of the bell of the ball team. Yeah. They were the team that somehow came out, had a huge record, made it to the playoffs, looked like they were going to make a run. Didn't end up working out for them. No. However, they looked that way, but they never captured, recaptured that this past season. And I don't think that they've ever addressed the real problem in the room. And that, of course, is the quarterback position. Mm-hmm. <laughs> can, can we, can, does anybody really think that Tannehill is the guy? No. How, no. how many Not seasons? Not at this age. Here's, here's my problem. How many seasons... Has have they tried Tannehill? Three now? He's entering his fifth. Fifth with Tennessee? Yes. Okay, so five. So first year was 2019, and then 2020, 21, and 22. So okay, this that's is your five. five. You know what it is? It's that 2020 season that always throws me yep, off. Yep, yep. Like most of us. So anyways, here we go. You got you got Derrick Henry, one of the top backs in the league, but let's be honest, there's some, there's some uh, tread coming off those wheels finally. Mm-hmm. Am I wrong? No, no, you're no, you're right. I mean, the, only the, played uh, played sixteen games last year. Year prior, he played only eight. Right. So you have that going on. They didn't add anything to the receiving core. No, they got DeAndre Hopkins. Oh no, they, oh, added, no, they did. They got yeah, Hopkins. I they forgot added. they got Hopkins. That's how unmemorable this is. Yeah. But is Hopkins going to make a difference with Tannehill? You know what? They also a couple seasons ago had Julio Jones. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. you're exactly right. They had Julio and AJ Brown. Yeah. And, and, and I think A.J. Brown did just fine playing for the, those Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, won me a fantasy championship, so I'm going to agree with you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he had a hell of a catch in the Super Bowl, too. A couple of them, actually. So, you know, you, you when you break it down, I don't know if this team can ever succeed as long as Ryan Tannehill is your quarterback. Pad? This team is a bigger question mark to me than the Miami Dolphins because is it good that they added DeAndre Hopkins? Absolutely, because you look at the rest of that offense. You know, you've got Chris Moore, Kyle Phillips, uh, uh, Traylon Burks, Kiaris Jackson, Nick Westbrook. I can't 
Ikein, uh, Colton Dowell, or the other wide receivers they've got listed who are not named DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, then you've got three tight ends, uh, Chigozim Okonkwo, uh, Trayvon Wesco, and Josh Weil. Are any of those names, sh- not named DeAndre Hopkins, striking fear into you if you see them going up against you in fantasy that upcoming week? No. Me personally? No. DeAndre? Yeah. Well, because you know he's going to get some targets, you know he's going to be the feature. Derrick Henry is he good? Absolutely. Look at the look at the numbers. But is it going to be the Derrick Henry of a couple years ago? We'll see. Is Tannehill that guy? I'm sorry, no. I mean, in his career, he's got 383 sacks for his career. 135 of them are with Tennessee alone. You know, so he's going to be running for his life. You're going to be relying very heavily on Derrick Henry because, listen, nothing against Mike Vrabel. I appreciate the hell out of what he did for the Patriots. But, you know, that team's kind of lived and died by its running game. You know, it's lived and died by Derrick Henry. Did Derrick Henry or bust? And, well, they've been bust the last couple of years. Ryan, sorry, Ryan Tannehill is not that guy. Malik Willis is not that guy. Will Levis is is not that guy. <laughs> Sorry, that's that's nothing against, you know, uh, Univer- Liberty University or Kentucky University. Uh, those are fine institutions, I'm sure. You know, but are they are they the quarterback juggernauts that we know of in other, you know, college football uh, powerhouses? No. Kentucky's known for basketball, not football. Remember the last time we had a, a quarterback come out of a university that was more known for basketball than football? Some dude in New York named Daniel Jones. How's that worked out for you? Let him know, Pad. Let him know. That's next episode, by the way. Yeah, you know, I I think when you take a look at this team, I'm going to make a bold prediction, and I'm granted, I'm not wishing anything bad on him. I think this is a year Derrick Henry falls off. Okay. I think that that offensive line is depleted enough that he's going to have a decrease in stats this year. And like I say, I'm not wishing it on him, but I just feel that this team didn't really do anything super – crazy to upgrade itself no other than deandre hopkins which it, it's good but but here's the thing with hopkins though sure arizona is having a meltdown we'll talk about that next episode <laughs> but how many other teams did he go to that uh, i know he went to new england because right god i was crossing my fingers buffalo was in that conversation went, went to buffalo i think baltimore might have gotten mentioned right so when you land at tennessee and you don't go to a contender, like like one of the top-tier contenders. Right. That does raise some eyebrows. Yeah. I mean, unless it's a, it's a pay thing. And listen, if you got a, a better contract there, by all means. Mm-hmm. But I think if you're looking at where he could have gone yeah. and been contending to land here, I mean, what are what, first and foremost, what is, what is Tennessee getting out of him at this age? 31 years old, uh, turned 31 in June. Right. And what's he going to get out of the quarterback play at Tennessee? Because his one good year in Arizona was the first year he was in Arizona. 16 games, 115 catches, uh, 1,407 yards, six touchdowns. After that, only played 10 games in 21, uh, 572 and 8. And then 2020, or excuse me, 22, he only played nine games for 717 and 3. Well, you hit the nail on the head, though. He he made this move for the money. It has yeah. nothing to do with legacy. Uh-huh. has nothing to do with winning. Because he was the bell of the ball. He could have gone to numerous contenders. I know at one point in juncture, speaking of the AFCs, pretty much every AFC East team was in the hunt. Mm-hmm. With the exception, yeah. I think, of Miami. Miami. But, like, let's see. If Miami could have moved some stuff around, they would have been in the hunt as well. Sure. But I know that the Jets were definitely in the hunt. Yeah. I know the Bills were Bills heavily were. favored. Yeah. And I know New England was in the hunt. So I know all three of them were in the hunt. I know that there was talk of even Kansas City. 
yeah. trying to move some things around because they were like, oh, well, hey, we're already the best team. And they were pretty much going, hey, if you take it, I know you're not going to make as much money, but you'll make more on the sponsorship end. So don't worry about the money, but you can win a championship Come because you're coming You're coming to a team that already wins titles. Come for that Patrick Price. Yeah, right. And, and you know what? If you were about wins, why wouldn't have you taken that? Yeah. Or why wouldn't you have gone to Buffalo and played up there with Stefan and Gabe and, and, and Josh Allen? Or, you know, even the Jets. Like the Jets were the sexy, the the sexy look, mm-hmm. you know, and they were definitely in that hunt. And by that point, I think they already had Rodgers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, and even if he, they didn't quite have him, they were heavily. We knew where he was going. Yeah. It was, it was, yeah. There was yeah. nothing indication. Before it was a done deal. It was a done deal. Yeah. So like at the end of the day, it was all about the money, baby, and that's fine. You're going to get what you pay, get, got paid for. You're mm-hmm. going to play for a team that's not going to do very well this season. I'm sorry because yeah. Derrick Henry's got too much mileage on those tires, and every team in the league knows how you beat Tennessee is simple. You put eight guys in the box. Yep. It's like I said for when Robinson Canelo left the New York Yankees for the Seattle Mariners. Congratulations. You got the money. You also got a month early start on vacation than when you would have. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. And it, it makes perfect sense. But, hey, that's what he chose. Yeah. And that's why I, I, you don't have too much respect for that. Let's jump into the schedule, though. Uh, for those of you that are Tennessee Titan fans, because we do know some, and I know they listen. Yes. Uh, week one, you open up at the Saints. Week two, uh, you are uh, at home against the Chargers. Week three, at the Browns. Week four, home against the Bengals. Wow, that's a lot of traveling back and forth to home. Yeah. Uh, week five, at the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, week six, at uh, at home against the Ravens. Wow, it, it really does go back and forth. That They get the early bye, though. Week seven, bye. Well, yeah, because well, yeah, well, yeah, the Baltimore game is in England. That's true. I forgot to mention that. I keep like There's so many international games this year, I keep forgetting to look at the, the bottom part. Uh, week eight, we got, they're at home against the Falcons. Uh, week uh, nine, they're at the Steelers, which is always a good time. Uh, that's the game I went to a couple mm. years ago. Uh, they That was the year that they made the playoffs, and they still lost to the Steelers, who were Ben Roethlisberger's last season. It was kind of eh, iffy. Yeah. Uh, week 10, at the Buccaneers. Week 11, at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Week 12, they're at home against the Panthers. Week 13, at home against the Colts. Week 14, at the Dolphins. Week 15, at home against the Texans. Week 16, uh, at home against the Seahawks. Week 17, uh, at the Texans. And in week 18, they end the season against the Jacksonville Jaguars at home. Uh, so they have a decent schedule. Uh, there's there's some definitely games that they could lose there. Uh, let's talk about a team that spends a lot of money. But is the most boring team in the NFL? <laughs> and that, of course, would be those Indianapolis Colts, baby. Yeah. And, like, the last couple seasons, they've been spending money. Look at this. Michael Pittman Jr. Remember yep. when he was the talk of the town in Atlanta? He's there now. They got Quentin Nelson on their uh, on their line. They re, they reshored him up. Uh, on top of that, they got the uh, the the t- one of the top picks in the draft, uh, and uh, Anthony Richardson is there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and people are expecting big things, including them, because they have him listed as QB one, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. So Anthony Richardson will be thrown into the fire. Uh, speaking of that, Zach Moss, you know him well, is their number one running back. Yep. They cause... go from Jonathan Taylor to Zach Moss, and I'm sorry, nothing against Zach Moss. No, but it, it's a step down because, I mean, obviously, Taylor, you know, MVP contention, and he's on the uh, injured list, so that's how Moss is there. Yeah. Well, here's the other problem. Michael Pittman Jr. is nice that they went out and got him because your two and three receivers uh, are Josh Downs and Alec Pierce. Hmm. Who? 
Yeah. Uh, Pierce, just because I'm looking at it, uh, going into his sophomore year, drafted out of the uh, Cincinnati in 2022. Uh, 593 last year and two touchdowns. And then Josh Downs, also going into his rookie season, uh, was drafted out of Kensbury University, the University of North Carolina, in the third round. So you have tight ends in uh, Mo Ali Cox. Kylan Granson, Drew Ogletree, and Will Mallory. They have a four tight end setup. They have double tight ends. I pulled up Josh Downs' college numbers. Uh, he, he could be a monster. Well, uh, dude put up back-to-back 1,000 yards receiving in college. But he's also got a rookie quarterback. Now, the good news for the rookie quarterback, they have a great offensive line. Mm-hmm. Yes, so true. he's going to have all the protection and time in the world, in theory. Their offensive line is one thing that they kept intact. Uh, on the defensive side, side, they do have some a pretty formal up front. They got Quiddy Pay and DeForest Buckner on the front line. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It doesn't matter who else they have on that front line. That's that's heavy. Uh, but they do have some really good players on there. I think that they're going to be a solid team. I actually, the problem with the Colts is, like we just said, they're the most boring team. And right now, you're gambling everything on your quarterback one. And honestly, the quarterback two is Gardner Minshew, the, the mustache. I would have started the mustache. Minshew mania, baby. And, and, and this, hear me out. Start the mustache at least for a couple games. Let Richardson come in in the second half of games. Let him figure it out. I think, you know, have we been fooled in the past? And we had some great quarterbacks season one. You know, Brock Purdy comes to mind. Mm. Uh, but there's a lot less mystery relevance in Brock Purdy that come in and light the world on fire rookie season than there is guys like, uh, you know, flash in the pan and they're gone. Yeah, uh, That's usually the way of the world. And Anthony Richardson, he has all the tools. I would have loved him to fall to Las Vegas, as we all uh, talked about when we were talking about the draft last year. However... I just don't know if starting the rookie this quick, especially with not as many. And, and I get it, young receiving core. Yeah. But they don't have anybody really to protect him and get the ball to. I mean, Pittman maybe, but how much of that was Pittman and how much of that was there was really nothing in Atlanta? Yeah. It's a question mark that they're going to have to figure out. And I think the Jonathan Taylor situation, I mean, if he's not all in when he comes back healthy – that's going to be a problem, and I think it's going to be too much for them to overcome because, let's face it, they're the most boring team in football. I don't see anything changing, even though they have a young, dynamic quarterback, but what are you going to do if you're going to be getting pressured because you have no running game? I mean, there's only so much one man can do. I, I agree with Rich. Uh, under normal circumstances, I would say start Minshew over Richardson, but I think because of where Indianapolis is, they're not expected to win. They're not expected to make the the Super Bowl. They're not expected to, hell, even make the playoffs. So, okay, we don't have these high – are they going to sit there and tell the team that? No. They're going to sit there and go, oh, no, we're going to do great. We're going to win playoffs. We're going to do all this. But front office, owner, they're sitting there going, listen, we're not going to make it real far this year. This is going to be a rough year. Why don't we put our rookie in there, get him some experience, get him some, you know, bumps and bruises on there, really get him ready for the NFL, see what we got. Because God forbid if we went, you know, the traditional route and let him sit and started Minshew and then started him halfway through the season, three quarters of the way through the season, or if he even played this season, mm-hmm. you know, and then you get next year or the year after and all of a sudden, son of a, you know what, this isn't the guy. He he's terrible. We need another guy. All of a sudden, now you're behind the eight ball. This way, they can figure out is he the guy now? Get him some experience. Get that team some experience. Get the offense some experience. Because listen, like I said, they're not expecting you know miracles out of there, and they're not expected to win much, if anything. I give you credit there, and I agree with you on that one. My only thing is, hopefully, they can explain that to him, like the fine folks down in Jacksonville explained to Trevor Lawrence. Mm-hmm. Because the the only thing you're risking there, though, is mentally kind of checking your quarterback out. Yeah. 
And that happens. Like guys get in their yeah. in their own heads. If yeah. you can keep them on going, hey, listen, we don't care if you win games. We don't care if you have a good year. We just want you to get the experience. Do your best. Let's let's just go. If you win, you win. If you lose, you lose. If you can keep him in that head zone, I agree with you 100. percent If it starts to get inside of his head, you have to make the change before it ruins him. Mm-hmm. Just throwing it out there. Agreed. Uh, their schedule though, let's go with it. Uh, week one, they will be uh, at home against the Jaguars. Week two at the Texans. Week three at the Ravens. Week four, they're at home against the Rams. Week five, they are uh, at, ho- at home with the Titans. Week uh, six, they are at the Jaguars. Uh, week seven, they are at home against the Browns. Week eight, at home against the Saints. Week nine, at home or uh, at Carolina and the Panthers. Week ten, at the New England Patriots. But that is from Germany. I caught yep. it that time. Yep. Uh, so that's Deutsch pa- Deutsch Bank Park uh, from Frankfurt. Is that Frankfurt? It okay. is in Frankfurt. Yep. And uh, week eleven, they have a bye. So good. Good. After the, the another team that has yeah. the bye right after they go overseas. Yep. Uh, then they are back home against the Buccaneers. Then they're on the road against the Titans in week 13. And week 14, they're at the Bengals. Week 15, they are at home against the Steelers. So good for them. Because <laughs> uh, going on the road against the Steelers is always harder. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the Falcons in week 16, they play the Raiders at home in week 17. And week 18, they finish the season at home against the, te- uh, the Texans. So they have a very favorable schedule. But once yeah. again, it's still kind of whatever team. Now let's go to that last team in the South. Yes. And, of course, they are also QB wanting a rookie, and that would be the uh, Texans, the Houston Texans. C.J. Stroud will be starting the season as QB1, seconded by Davis Mills, and then a favorite of all of ours, Case Keenum. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Boy, Uh, where do we even go with this team? Now, I just want to throw this out there. This is one of those times where we know what the other two quarterbacks are, and I'm like, you know what? Good starting the rookie. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, hopefully they also talked to him, like Pad said, and said, hey, listen, there's nothing on the line for you. But, hey, that is a rough one. Uh, running backs, uh, their second string running back is Devin Singletary. So, somebody you know, uh, yep. Ken. But their first string, Damian Pierce, uh, Mike Boone, third string, and uh, Dare Ogunbo is their four string running back. So, nothing sexy there. Of course, I will give them credit. Their number one wide receiver is Robert Woods. Yeah. And that's about it. <laughs> I only got Dalton Schultz, who's okay. That's true. That's true. He's okay. I, I shouldn't. I shouldn't go. But I didn't go to the tight end. I should have gone to the tight end. He's okay. The line, eh, if it's anything like last year, they're in trouble. Because <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. There really is not a lot of good things to talk about this team. <laughs> By the way, front office sucks. Coaching sucks. And I feel I feel sorry for anybody who's stuck on the team. I just want to throw that out there. The Texans are probably, and I know I'm going to, if there's any Texans fans, you can give me all the heat because I'll take it. They are the worst-ran organization in the league, and that's even worse than my team, and that's the Raiders. And that should say something. You should be disappointed in yourself if you're worse organizationally than the Raiders. And this is the only team that gives my team not number 32 in the league. I promise you that much. Pad Texans will be playing for a top five draft pick this upcoming uh draft but unlike last year where i remember we were sitting here going listen there's nothing fucking good to look forward to with this team it's going to be awful you'll be lucky if you win one game there's at least some pieces here that you can look at and go okay you might and i'm all caps bold italicize and underline it might have something cj Stroud. okay that's that's a pretty good start you know yes he's a rookie but we'll look and see what happens like rich said you got robert woods dalton schultz is also there you know, so they Devin Singletary and Damian Pierce in the running game. There's some pieces that you might have something. So that's at least something to look forward to if you're a Texans fan going, okay, are we going to win the division? No. Are we going to make the wild card? 
No. Is the future bright? Yeah, maybe if, if the cards play our way and, and we get a couple more good draft picks next year. So Texans fans, I'm going to say this, it's going to be rough this year, but if things go your way, you know, next year and the year after might not be so bad. We'll have to see. I mean, honestly, I think the only value here is for fantasy football players if you need depth on your bench. Yeah. But until we see otherwise, I mean, honestly, this team doesn't scare me one bit. I have no hopes in their front office of making anything good. Uh, Speaking of their uh, schedule, we got week one at the Baltimore Ravens, week two at home against the Colts, week three at the Jaguars, week four they are playing the Steelers at home, week five they're playing at the Falcons, week six they're playing at home against the Saints, week seven they have the bye, so the early bye again, Uh, at the Panthers on week eight, Uh, week nine they're playing at home against the Buccaneers, at the Bengals on... uh, the uh, week 10 and then we have week 11 against the cardinals at home week 12 the jaguars at home week 13 they get to play the broncos at home wow that's a good homestand hey. uh they got to play the jets at metlife in week 14 they're at the titans week 15 they are home against the browns week 16 week 17 they are at home against the titans and they finish the season on the road against the indianapolis colts so that'll be the toilet bowl finish <laughs> so that being said Pad, why don't you kick us off? Where does the AFC South rank? I think the AFC South is going to stay much of the same. I think it's going to be the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, winning the division. I think the Colts will sneak out and beat the Tennessee Titans. Not by much, by a game. Uh, I got the, Then I got the Tennessee Titans finishing third and the Houston Texans finishing fourth. Rich? I'm going to kind of mirror you there. I gotta, I'm definitely going to have Jacksonville at one, and that's going to be by a lot. They are going to be the clear-cut winner. I'm just going to throw it out there. I think they're leaps and bounds above everybody else. And two, I'm going to put the Colts squeaking it out. I'm going to give them credit. They're going to squeak it out and uh, just barely eke out the third-place spot, which will then be, unfortunately, Tennessee Titans, followed by the worst team in possible football. And as, as Pat said, playing for a top-five draft pick, and that would be the Houston Texans. But I, I think that they're only sending one team to the playoffs. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Anybody else is going is buying a ticket. It's like, it's like we've said before. Somebody has to win this division by default. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be Jacksonville because they're going to have 10 games won. I least. think they're going to have a winning record. I and think Jacksonville, will, Jacksonville might be the only one in the division with a winning record. I agree fully. I think Indianapolis will sneak into the second-place finish, but it's not going to be pretty. Tennessee is going to be there by default at third. And then Houston, until you show us something, you're going to be at fourth. And I think that's the nicest way to put it. But we gave you our picks on the AFC East and the AFC South. We're going to sneak out a quick break, but in the meantime, hit us up on that hashtag, hashtag ODPHpod. What is your thoughts about the AFC East and AFC South for the NFL season coming? And when we come back, we're going to be talking the AFC West and the AFC North, so stay tuned. You're listening to the ODPH Podcast NFL Preview Edition. Do not adjust your dial, or well, your phone, your watch, or whatever the heck you're using to listen to the awesome podcast you're currently listening to. I am the Duke of Nerds, Tyler Mack, and I am here to tell you that being a nerd can be a bit overwhelming, especially after 30. Life moves pretty fast in our nerd culture, and if you don't take the time to notice things, you miss out. That's why I'm here. As your Duke of Nerds, I am charged with educating and enlightening and entertaining you on all things nerdy. I do it by running the 30 and Nerdy podcast. 30 and Nerdy is a bad cast company production and currently playing wherever you cast your pod. Follow along each episode using the hashtag 30andnerdypod. And check out what all is going on at 30andnerdypodcast.com. Whether it's DC, Marvel, comics, or video games, I have got you 
covered. So tune in now. Cheers to you, nerds. Coming back for the second half of our NFL preview edition here on the OTPH podcast with Rich from 3FN in the house. And last segment, we talked the AFC East. We talked the AFC South. Now let's go to the AFC North. Pad, kick us off. Yeah, so you had the Cincinnati Bengals win the division with a record of 12-4. and four. Uh, Second place was the Baltimore Ravens also making the playoffs with a record of 10-7. and seven. Uh, You had the Pittsburgh Steelers finish in third place with a record of 9-8. and eight. And you had the Cleveland Browns finish in last place with a record of 7-10. and 10. Well, let's kick it off for those Cincinnati Bengals because uh, they won the division. And, hey, listen, it's the Cincinnati Bengals. This is a team that we have now come – used to be a laughing stock in the league. Mm-hmm. Yes. And has now become a perennial threat to win a Super Bowl. Of course, Joe Burrow is a little question mark, but we know he will be starting week one. Uh, they are playing the questionable bullshit, but we all know that that is uh, – yeah. they're definitely starting him. Yes. So Joe Burrow is going to be their quarterback. And, of course, the best receiving core in all of football until proven otherwise. Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins. It doesn't get better than that receiving core. And we're not even into the uh, tight ends with Irv Smith Jr. or Drew Sample and Mitchell Wilcox. Uh, they just have to be there to clean up the ball. Mm. Uh, of course, also one of the most underrated running backs in the league in Joe Mixon. And I say underrated because you don't ever hear him talked about in the big running back names. Right. No. He should be. No. Because he is a key part of this team for two reasons. One, it, he's a threat to run at all times and pick up good yardage. I mean, there's been games last season and the season before, as we've looked at it, where he averaged almost 10 yards a carry. Like, that is unheard of for a running back. Mind you, it wasn't big, sexy numbers, but hey, whenever he's touching the ball, if he's getting almost a first down, that's some pretty impressive stuff. Uh, his average uh, in the past couple seasons is right around the five-yard mark, which is instantly you're halfway to the first down if you hand yep. him the ball. Mm. Then he can catch the ball. So he becomes the de facto fourth receiver or fifth receiver, depending upon if you're going to the tight end. So no matter what, Joe Burrow can't get into that much trouble. They did fix some problems with the offensive line last season. The offensive line uh, protected Joe Burrow better than they did. And think about that. They went to a Super Bowl with a questionable line. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and last year, they, they did perform well. Unfortunately, the playoffs happened, and they, they, they just didn't get there. Uh, once again, it was one of the better playoff years, as we noted that all the teams that made the playoffs were pretty solid, so it's not surprising there. But the other side of the ball, unfortunately for them, in on defense is they have some good players. They have some good, they have some good guys up front. They're great on the pass rush on the rushing defense. However, their problem is going to continue to be their secondary. Yes, because mm-hmm. uh, Dax Hill, Nick Scott, uh, and I always say his name wrong, so forgive me. Chadube Awazi and Cam Taylor Britt do not scare me at all. Yeah, their secondary is not exactly anything to lose sleep about. But on their front side, you got DJ Reader, <laughs> Trey Hendrickson, <laughs> Jermaine Pratt. Yeah. Uh, so let's be honest. The, they have a very scary up front. Uh, that gives them a good pass rush and a good block, a good defense against any rushing team. It's just you can beat them over the top, and I think that's the problem. I think we should expect more of the same from the Cincinnati Bengals. Listen, it, it's a, not a broken clock you don't need to fix it whatever the analogy you want to use is burrow he's gonna be fine you know i know there's been questions with the the injury now nah, he's playing short of missing a leg which he's not you know chase is still there higgins is still there boyd's still there they'll be fine i expect them to return to something what they were or something close to what they were the year they went to the super bowl because obviously they didn't make it last year so you know improve upon last season but i think they'll be able to bounce back in the defense like you said is it anything sexy? No. Will it win them some games? Yeah, sure. But, you know, it's all going to come down to matchups and who has the more favorable matchup. 
If Joe Burrow's at quarterback, this team is fine. Yeah. And I think that's ultimately what it boils down to. You have one of the fastest rising stars in the NFL leading one of the most potent offenses in the league. Mm -hmm. And like Rich touched upon, too, it's the best wide receiver core in the league. I don't, there is no debate about this. Nope. Sorry. Cincinnati's three, I would take over anybody in the league, including Buffalo's. I'm going to say it out loud. This team is that good on the offensive side. The defense, I wish they made some more changes because I think that that is going to be their Achilles heel. Mm -hmm. And I think that that will prevent them from going to the Super Bowl. But I think they're obviously going to win this division outright. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Like I think this team is just too good offensively that they can mm -hmm. cover up a lot of holes. Yeah. Well, they opened the season week one against the, at home. Or, no, sorry, at Cleveland against the Browns. So I know the Miz will be turning into that one. Oh, yeah. Uh, they then are, oh, have their opening game at home against the Ravens. Then they follow that with a home game against the Rams. That, of course, uh, by the way, is a Monday night football game in week three. Uh, week four, they're at the Titans. Week five, they are at the Cardinals. Week six, they play the Seahawks at home. Week seven, they get the bye. So, unfortunately for them, a first half bye. Eh. And then they get to come back from them at San Francisco in the 49ers. Hey. <laughs> week nine, they're at home against the Buffalo Bills. Week 10, they are at home against the Houston Texans. Week 11, they are at Baltimore Ravens. Week 12, they get to play the Steelers at home. Week 13, they are at the Jaguars. Week 14, they're at home against the Colts. Week 15, they play the Vikings at home. Week 16, they go to Heinz Field to play the Steelers. Week 17, they get to go and visit the Chiefs. <laughs> <laughs> Week 18, they end the season at home against the Cleveland Browns. So they have a they have a pretty tough draw this year. I got to give I got to throw that out there, but I still think it's very winnable. Once again, I'm going to agree with you. When you have the best receiving core in all of football, and you have one of the best quarterbacks, you're it's hard to vote against you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now let's talk about the team that's going to give them the most fits in that division. Of course, that would be the Baltimore Ravens. Yep. I want to point this out. Baltimore Ravens, and I know I've not mentioned this, but they're the only ones that have this big, sexy graphic. Their tagline for this year, don't blink. I like it. I do yeah. like it. Okay. However, I don't know if it's true. Because, yes, Lamar Jackson and that whole problem is over. You know, you have Tyler Huntley back, but they also have Josh Johnson. So they have some decent backups if, if for by chance, Lamar Jackson can't play. Mm -hmm. But Lamar Jackson is back fully healthy. We're expecting him to have a big season after he got the contract that he wanted or near what he wanted. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Uh, because here's the other problem. I have my problem, though. Running backs, J.K. Dobbins, he's he's definitely – he's not sexy, but he's, 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 fine. he's fine. He's fine. Gus Edwards and Justice Hill. And then on the receiving core. Literally, it's the Odell Beckham Jr. show, and that is not a good thing. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. The only time we saw Odell not get into his own headspace and cost the team was when he was in Los Angeles with the Rams. And he was playing without an ACL. But he was also the third receiver there. Right. Because we got to remember Robert Woods yep. and Cooper Cup were both in front of him. Yep. And he was literally only there to win a championship. Yep. Which he did. Yep. And so giving him credit, he joined a team, and he wasn't there all season, remember? He was only there for, I think, the last six eight, or seven games? Eight, he played eight games. He played eight games? Okay. Eight games. So I was close, close enough. Uh, but I just, I've never been sold on Odell. And your other your other receivers, Rashad Bateman, Zay Flowers, Nelson Aguilar, uh, Tylen Wallace, and Devin Duvarney. And then you have a tight ends of Mark Andrews, Isaiah Likely, and Charlie Kolar. So, I mean, nobody too sexy. Andrews is fine. Andrews is fine. He's, he's, he's good for fantasy. I'll, I'll give you that. Andrews is fine because also Lamar likes to check down. Yes. Mm. Lamar likes to do that run and yes. check to it. So, Andrews just has good hands. So, that's fine. But 
I don't know. If I'm a team, I'm doubling uh, Odell and I'm, you know, seeing if the other guys can beat me. Yeah, no, I mean, listen, it's good. It's good. You got the Lamar situation out of the way. He'll be fine, barring any freak injuries, which, hey, not wishing on anybody running game. That'll be fine. But like you said, the running, the receiving core. Yeah, Odell's there. Is it sexy on paper? Absolutely. But we got to remember the last time we saw him play was in the Super Bowl against the Cincinnati Bengals, where he played what through the first half. The first, I think it was like the first quarter, and then he got the injury, and he's been out ever since. So he's been out for a year and a half. He has and now. I realize he might have done training the offseason, but ring rust is a thing, you know. And the rest of that receiving court isn't sexy. I really, you know, speaking from experience, I know Eagles fans will agree with me. Don't expect fucking much out of Nelson Aguilar. You know, I, mm-hmm. I, ex- I expected some decent things last, the last two years when he was in New England. He gave us 473 receiving yards and three touchdowns in 21, and then 362 and two touchdowns in uh, 22. You know, he's just not that guy, you know, and the rest of them, I'm sorry, I'm not picking him up for fantasy depth unless I get a freak injury and there's nobody available. Mark Andrews is is a good tight end, you know, give him his flowers. He's great for fantasy. He's great for stats. But like we've said for other teams, you can't throw to Mark Andrews 100 times in a game. Sorry, it just doesn't work that way. Will the Ravens be fine? Yeah, they'll be fine. They got Lamar. You know, he's got the arm. He's got the legs. Will it equal success, though? I just don't know. The biggest question mark this team has is their wide receiver core. Odell is not the Odell of old. Mm-hmm. And I think if they think they're going to recapture the magic and he's a true number one at this stage, I'm sorry, he's not. He's he, played, and just to jump in quick because I'm looking, he's only played a full season twice in his uh, illustrious career. Uh, the first time being in 2016 with the New York Giants where he played all 16 games. The second time being in 2019 where he played all 16 games with the Cleveland Browns. Every other year he has missed playing time. And I think that if he is expected to be their number one, he's not going to be. But I think the biggest hit or miss for this team is going to be Zay Flowers. They went the number one draft pick for them this year. And I don't know. I mean, it's a good pick for them. But is it enough to contend with the Cincinnati's of your division? Because ultimately, that is your benchmark. The AFC North is about as smash mouth as it gets. Has been for years. Mm-hmm. So you know that the defense has got to step up, and they're going to be a hard-hitting one. But can they stay healthy? But this is not also the Ray Lewis, Ed Reed era. Right. This is a totally different team, so that mystique is gone. So can this new lineup really hang with the Joe Burrows? It's debatable. Well, and plus the other thing you got to wonder, too, is Lamar had a phenomenal year last year mm-hmm. also playing for a contract. Right. You Now, I realize Baltimore fans might be screaming at me, but I feel like this is a legitimate question. Is the motivation to perform still there despite the fact he got paid? Is he going to perform? Yes, he's going to play. I'm not sitting here trying to say he's not going to play. But is it going to be the, the same level where, like, okay, the motivation factor of – I got to play for that for that bag. I got to play for that dollar because I want to prove I'm worth what I say I'm worth. Mm-hmm. And he's got that bag. He's got what he feels is close to what he's worth. Is he going to perform to that same out of his? Because remember, we were three weeks in last year going, yeah, he's a clear-cut MVP favorite right now. Yeah. This year, maybe, maybe not. It's a great debate. Well, their schedule looks like this. They start the season at home against the Houston Texans. They file that on the road against the Bengals. Then they'll be at home against the or against the uh, Indianapolis Colts at the Browns week four, at the Steelers week five. Uh, they will then be in England 
uh, as the visiting team, by the way, against the Tennessee Titans. They will then come be at home against the Lions, so they do not get that week off after. Nope. Uh, They're at the Cardinals. They are at uh, they're home against the Seahawks. They are then home against the Browns. They are home against the Bengals, so a three-game ho- homestand. They're at the Chargers in Week 12 before their Week 13 bye. Week 14, they are at home against the Rams. Week 15, they're at the Jaguars. Week 16, at the Niners. Week 17, at home against the Dolphins. And they finish the season at home against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And uh, let's just jump right over to the wonderful Pittsburgh Steelers. And unlike other places, let's start on what makes Pittsburgh their damn money. That is the defense. Mm -hmm. And they have returned all of the major pieces. So Cam Hayward is back. TJ Watt is back. Uh, Alex Highsmith is back. And, of course, Minka Fitzpatrick is back. And they've added some youth to that as well. Here's the thing. Can all those guys stay healthy is going to be the big question. Mm -hmm. Because last year, that was the problem. If those guys are healthy, this is a hard team to beat because that is one of the best up front and backfields in all of football. Minka Fitzpatrick alone at the free safety spot stops a lot of things. And including he can blitz from that spot very well. But I think that I'm going to give a benefit here and a benefit of doubt until seen otherwise to the Steelers on their offensive side. We got to see last year Kenny Pickett did have some flashes of brilliance. He did have a a pretty good quarterback rating for a team that had nothing around him. They uh, brought back Deontay Johnson, and George Pickens came into his own last Mm -hmm. year. Plus, they brought in Miles Boykin. And I know he's not a big sexy name as far as a number one receiver. He's the number three receiver. That, that's what they need. They need checkdowns. And, of course, speaking of checkdowns, one of the best tight, tight ends in the league, Pat, uh, Pat Fryermuth, mm-hmm. is back. And, and ladies and gentlemen, they have one of the best running backs in the league, too, in Najee Harris, who can not only rumble through and get yards rumbling like the, like the old-time bus, but he can also catch the football. And that makes it a, a big threat. Also, I want to point out, one of the best coaches in the league. You can never count a Mike Tomlin team out, and that's no. why you can never count the Steelers out. If their defense remains healthy and their offense produces, you know, a little more than last year, this team is going to give a run at the the Cincinnati Bengals this year. They could actually get a run for that division and actually a run for the playoffs. They're on the cusp. They're young, but I think we saw enough brilliance out of Kenny Pickett. We have another year under George Pickens as well, and he's a big, very capable receiver. I think between him and Johnson, that's going to and Boykin, that's going to give some people fits. And you can't. And when you cover them, that's going to leave Fryermuth and Najee Harris open. This, as long as they run the game plan and everybody stays healthy, this could be a return. I'm not saying to the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. but this could be a return to the winning ways. And by, by the way, they still haven't had a losing season in, in uh, the Mike history Tomlin's of Mike co- Tomlin's career. Yeah. They did pull it off last year to ha- not have a losing season. I think they got close. They did get close. They, the skit of their teeth, by the way. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think that streak is going to continue, but I think it could be a return to the playoffs for the Pittsburgh Steelers this year. Go ahead, Pat. Yeah, no, I agree. I think this offense, it's not sexy. It's not going to give, you know, nightmares, but it will cause some fits. Kenny Pick- I saw a couple highlights. Kenny Pickett and George Pickens. Holy shit, that's going to be a great connection for those two. You know, and then you got the other offensive weapons, like you mentioned, Harris, Johnson. You know, they added Allen Robinson the secondary. They got Pat Freemuth at the tight end there. That offense, I don't think it's going to be, like, win any awards, but it'll still give you some fits. And then, like you mentioned with the defense, the other one you did mention that they added in the draft is Joey Porter jr i forgot about that yes he's cornerback cornerback having watched him play at penn state he plays like his dad 
Dude is a monster, and he's going to give a lot of offensive coordinators on the other teams a lot of fits because he's a great defender. So he's going to make an already great Pittsburgh defense even better because, let's face it, I watched him for a couple years being a Penn State fan. Dude plays like his dad. He's going to be an absolute monster. So I, I agree with you. I think no. I, don't, I don't think it's going to be a Super Bowl, but I think they're going to make it back to the playoffs. And, and he gets to play with Levi Wallace, who is a very underrated quarterback. Yeah. So that's going to be a good training for Joey Porter. Like I said, you got to remember, they have some big names over there. But nobody's bigger than the Steeler name. Exactly. One of the best ran franchises in all of professional sports. Agreed. This team will be fine. And I think the picket, we got to give him the benefit of the, the doubt. I mean, last season, not the greatest, but he de- he showed strides. So is he the heir apparent to Big Ben? Maybe. Jury is still out. But he has enough weapons around him with Najee Harris and Johnson and Pickens that he will be okay. But that defense, I think, upgraded a lot with Joey Porter. I like what I'm seeing coming into the season with them. I think they're going to contend, and I think they're going to give Cincinnati some fits. Mm-hmm. Just what degree, I don't know. They're still young. That's the only question mark. Unfortunately for them, they get their home opener against Brock Purdy and those San Francisco 49ers. We do know Brock Purdy will be the starting quarterback on game one. That's going to be a tough one, And it's but the good news for them, we're going to get to see how that defense operates right away. Mm-hmm. So you're going to get thrown in the fire. Baptismal by fire. And I think that they have a good enough defense. That could be a, that could be literally the best game of week one. Yes. Uh, next up, they will be a week two. They uh, play at home against the Browns. Week three, they go on the road to go to Las Vegas to play the Raiders. As a Raiders fan, if you're a Pittsburgh fan and a Raiders fan, you know that for some reason the Raiders tend to, tend to beat the Steelers. I don't know why. That doesn't mean they're better than them. It's just something that tends to happen. Uh, week four, they're at the Texans. Week five, uh, they come home to play the Ravens. Week six, they get the bye, which yeah. I really hate that. That's yeah. the earliest bye we've seen so far. Uh, week seven, they get to go and play the Rams at SoFi. They play the Jaguars in week eight at home. They play the Titans at home week nine. Week 10, they uh, play the Packers at home, so that's good for them. Uh, they play at the Browns on week 11. They're at the Bengals week 12. They are at home against the Cardinals week 13. Week 14, they get to play the Patriots at home. Uh, and then they have uh, the road game against the Colts. And week 15, week 16, they are uh, at home against the Bengals. Week 17 and 18, they finish the season on the road. Seattle and Baltimore, respectively. That's are two tough road games for yeah, the Steelers and the yeah. season. So if the Steelers are close on it at the end of the season, that is not the easy road that you want. Mm-hmm. And now, because of process of elimination, you know who we're going to be talking about last. And, of course, it is those damn Cleveland Browns. And, guys... Listen, last season we can't hold it against them. Right. Right? Because they didn't have their uh, number one quarterback until, what, week 13? Yep. Give or take, yeah. Yeah, because, you know. Reasons. Reasons. Massages. (laughs) A whole lot of stuff. We're not going to jump into the allegedlies. We don't want to end up like Pat McAfee and company. Google it on your own time. Yeah, Yeah. and be warned. It might not. Safe search on. Yes, Yes. please. Do not search that around the children. Uh, But, no, we're finally going to get – the actual full season of Deshaun Watson at quarterback for the Cleveland Browns, all jokes aside. 
And listen, I'm kind of looking forward to this. They did end up with a, quite the team around him last year if he would have gotten to play. Obviously, Amari Cooper is there in the uh, receiver one position. Uh, Marquise Goodwin is also there. Elijah Moore and Cedric Tillman round out your round, wide receivers. They got one of the best running backs, and I always say he's the best kept secret because you don't hear about him once again mm-hmm. like some other Agreed. ones. Nick Chubb. He gets it done like nobody else in the entire league they have one of the best tight ends in the league with uh, david and jaku um once again another guy that i think goes under the radar but super good at his job the only question on this whole team is that offensive line mm-hmm. like the offensive line was looking like woo last year and even when uh deshaun came back he was on the move quite a bit their offensive line needs a ton of work because in yeah. the, if you go to the defensive side they're solid you know, you got Miles Garrett over there. Delvin Tomlinson is over there. You know, Grant Selpel, Juan Thornhill. They have a a, a squad mm-hmm. on the front, on the front and the backside. They have a good defense, but that offensive line they did not improve. No, no, at all. No, just forgot it existed. And I think that is going to be the curse because I don't care how much Deshaun Watson can run on his legs when you're running for your life every play. It's going to be a problem. Nick Chubb would have more yards if it wasn't for that line. The fact that Nick Chubb has the yards that he gets with that line just shows how much of a beast he truly is. Agreed. He is definitely this generation's, uh, uh, you know, bus. Because you hand him the ball and he's running through people. Mm-hmm. You know, I, you know, you could also, I, I wouldn't give him the Marshawn Lynch title yet. He's never dropped a, you know, I'm just here so I don't get fined. If he ever does that, he gets the Marshawn Lynch award. But... I think that this team's going to have a lot of struggles because there's a lot of great defenses in the AFC North. This is going to be a rough one for them. Offensively, this team should do fine. You know, Deshaun Watson, full season, you know, and a full season with this uh, offensive, you know, uh, playbook. Chubb is still there. Amari Cooper, Elijah Moore, Donovan Peoples-Jones, and Jaku, like you mentioned, they're all great players. So offensively, you know, on paper, statistically, they should be fine. Like you said, though, that often the only thing more suspect than that offensive line is their choice for a logo at midfield. Yeah. You know, so will Deshaun get the time to make the pass and make the reads and look this guy down, look that guy down, whatever else, you know, he needs to do? That's to be seen. Defensively, like you said, they're, they'll be fine defensively. They get, like you said, they got, they got some monsters on the defense. It's just the biggest question is can that offensive line give Deshaun Watson the time of day? To throw. Now, I'm not talking like, you know, Tom Brady of old where he's sitting there with so much time he can file your taxes and mail them into the IRS length of time, but enough time where he can make the reads, find the best option, and go for it. That's my biggest question. If the LA Chargers were not the most suspect team in the league, the Browns would be having that honor. Every year, the Browns look amazing on paper, and yet some disconnect happens on the field, whether yep. it's coaching, whether it's playing. I don't, yep. I don't know how to describe it. Yep. So this, I believe, is the year of make or break for them because there should be no excuses. Unless some season-ending injury happens early, this team has enough talent. They should contend. But will they? That is the ultimate question surrounding this team. What are you going to get from them week to week? They have dropped easy games. They should have won. They should have been in the playoffs many times more than they have been. There's just they're the definition of reasons because you can't figure them out, and with their defense keeping them in games and the fact that Nick Chubb has amassed as many yards as he has with this team, with nothing behind him, is truly astonishing to his play and the defense's play. But after that, 
I got to see something more from them this season. I, I usually jump right on the bandwagon and say it's going to be their year. They're going to sneak in the playoffs. But I'm going to say this right now. I don't think they do it. And I think then you really have to look at this team and see if you guys are imploding it. Well, they're going to have troubles with that, with that big contract they gave to Sean Watson. <laughs> uh, let's uh, to go ahead. In week one, they are uh, at home against the Bengals. Week two, they go to Pittsburgh to play the Steelers. Week three, they are at home against the Titans. Week four, at home against the Baltimore Ravens. And by the way, they just dethroned uh, the 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 uh, Steelers for the highest week by. Week five, they get the bye. Ooh. Fucking second week of October. Oy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, week six, they're at home against the Niners. Week seven, they get to travel to play the Colts. Week eight, they travel to play the Seahawks. Week nine, they are at home against the Cardinals. Week 10, they play the Ravens uh, at Baltimore. Week 11, they're at home against the Steelers. Week 12, they're at the Broncos. Week 13, they're at SoFi to play the Rams. Week 14, they play the Jaguars at home. Week 15, they play the Chicago Bears at home. Wow, that's the first time we said the Bears name. Mm. Uh, week 16, they play the uh, Texans at, at, in Houston. Week 17, they get to go to, or they get to be home, but they get to play those pesky New York Jets. And week 18, they finish their season, unfortunately for them, at Cincinnati in the Bengals. Oh, that's brutal. Uh, that is a brutal end to your season. The Jets and Bengals back-to-back, and one of them at least you get to play at home, but the last game gets the Bengals on the road. That means we are now done with the AFC North, so I do believe Padawan Jay, that leaves only one conference left. Yeah, that is the AFC West. Well, um, we got to say our rankings first. Oh, oh I forgot the yes, rankings. Oh, yes. look at that. This is the, how much I didn't uh, want to go with this one. I was going to say, the Browns way it down. I mean, I think we can uh, speak for everybody. Cincinnati, number one overall. Yes, yes. The, the big question mark, though, is who you have at number two. I'm going to say the Pittsburgh Steelers, number two, Baltimore Ravens, number three, and then the Browns, number four. I'm actually going to shadow that. I do think it's going to be the Bengals, Steelers, Ravens, and, of course, the Browns in the basement. I'm going to just, for reasons I'll say differently, I'm going to say Cincinnati, obviously, number one. I'm going to say Ravens, two, Steelers, three, Browns, four. I can say this. If by some hiccup that happens in the AFC East and because of the harder schedule beating them up, they could sneak uh, two to three. They could have the three-year team if that's if the AFC East beats each other up too much. Right. I think the East will definitely have two or three. I'm going to say, like you earlier, they're going to have three playoff representation. However... I do think that this division, if they beat themselves up too much in the East, could sneak in there because the top three teams in this division, very good. Mm-hmm. Oh, very absolutely. Good. Mm-hmm. absolutely. Uh, and then looking at the AFC West, you had the Kansas City Chiefs win the division last year and were the number one overall seed in the AFC. Uh, they had a record of 14-3. and The Los Angeles Chargers finished in second place, also made the playoffs with a record of 10-7. and You had the Las Vegas Raiders finish in third with a record of 6-11. and uh, And the Denver Broncos finished in fourth place with a record of 5-12. and Rich, it's your division. Why don't no, you lead us off well, here? Well, we're going we're to end with the champion. Okay. So we're going to end with Kansas City. Okay. So... I will start because I'm a Raiders fan, so we'll just peel the Band-Aid off and get it over with. Uh, geez. Last year, such high hopes. Uh, uh, Padawan Jay, I uh, did not go as high as you did with the Raiders last year. But that's, that's true. But I did have high hopes for my team. And uh, once again, that's why I never have high hopes for them. Listen, man, I don't know. First of all, Jimmy G is the starting quarterback, filed by Brian Hoyer and Aiden O'Connell. We should just start Aiden O'Connell because he looks like Farva. 
that's uh, <laughs> that's that's my that's my guess there because I don't think Jimmy G has got it in him. Unfortunately, Devonte Adams is going to suffer for that because uh, he's on the team still. Unfortunately for him, uh, yeah. <laughs> Hunter Renfro, Trey Tucker are both back. Jacoby Myers is there, uh, so they've got a receiving core. Can Jimmy G get them the ball? We'll find out. Uh, unfortunately for Jimmy G, he does not have a great running back behind him. Uh, look, listen to this lineup. There is a five running back coalition oh, on the depth chart. Zamir White um, is the number one. And then Amir Abdul, Sincere McCormick, Braden Bolden, and Britton Brown. And if you don't know any of them, neither do I, and I'm a Raiders fan. I was going to say Josh Jacobs, though. Yes, he is back, thankfully. He's technically I do, he won't be starting week 1 unfortunately because I don't think he has enough time in cuz he came back late. Mm, fair. So, I don't know. Maybe they can squeeze him in. So, Josh Jacobs will be your starter, but I don't know if he's starting week 1 or not. As according to the depth chart right now, he is not starting at week 1. Eesh. Uh, tight ends, Austin Hooper, Michael Mayer, Jas- uh, Jesper Horstead, Cole Forthingham, and John Samuel. You can tell that this is a Josh McDaniels team because he's got 50 tight ends. Yeah. Uh, the the, the uh, offensive line seems to have all come back, and they looked good last year. That was one of the bright spots for the Raiders for whatever reason. Uh, so that's good. At least I'll give Jimmy G some time in the pocket. Uh, so hope for the best, pray for the worst. <laughs> yeah, that's all you can <laughs> Number you one really pick, do. You know, whatever. Uh, so on the defensive side of the ball, it should have been a better year last year. Uh, unfortunately, Max Crosby, who's one of the best pass rushers in the league, uh, gets doubled and triple teamed, and still somehow Chandler Jones can't find uh, his way into the backfield just like he can't find his way into a gym. Hey-o. Uh, you know, hey, you better call somebody. Uh, on top of that, they have a young backfield this year. You got Trayvon Morhan, Marcus Epps, Marcus Peters, and, of course, the veteran Nate Hobbs at cornerback, so that, that'll help them out a little bit. I don't know. I'm not expecting a lot from the Las Vegas Raiders this year. Uh, I, quite honestly, when we get to it, you're gonna probably going to be surprised where I put them at. Uh, so, Padawan J. I mean, listen, the expectations aren't high for the New England Patriots this year out in Las Vegas. Oh, wait, sorry, Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, yeah, they, pretty much. They, there's so many New England Patriots on this team, you might as well call them the New England Patriots West. You know, Jimmy G, could he be good? Yeah, we'll see. You know, he was good for those couple of games he was in the New England system with Josh McDaniels, so we'll see. You know, hey, if, if all else fails, you've got the reliable veteran New England, former New England veteran back quarterback Brian Hoyer there if the wheels fall off. Josh Jacobs, we'll see. You know, Devontae Adams, this is a make-or-break year for him. In my opinion, Jacoby Myers, don't, speaking from experience, don't fucking expect much. Oh, yeah. We took him way too goddamn high. Hunter Renfro should be fine. Austin Hooper, serviceable. You know, I'm not expecting much out of the Raiders. You know, I'm not going to go as far as I, I – early preview, I'm not going to go as far as I did last year with this team, you know, where I put him in the Super Bowl. You know, but am I going to say this season's going to be a wash and it's going to be awful? No, it'll, it'll be eh, okay. Before we get to Ken, I want to point this out. If they only played like the West Coast Patriots, I'd be okay. And secondly there, let's be honest. I will say this. Devontae uh, Adams, it's not a make-or-break season for him. He's going to get to go on to another team in the following year, and Mm. probably uh, somebody's going to get a great receiver. I'm just going to throw it out there. And somebody's going to get a great receiver cheap because he's probably done enough damage to himself being in Las Vegas. Come to New England. You know, the I, I, hey, I, he might as well. And we I would be, I, I, you know what, honestly, I will be happy for Devontae Adams wherever he goes, and I hope him nothing but success. I hold nothing against him. I'd leave that team too. Go ahead, Ken. <laughs> I'm going to go out on a limb. I think the Raiders are going to surprise some people. Okay. I think that Garoppolo is going to bore people to sleep with that <laughs> offense. <laughs> and I think he's going to catch some people – you off guard because I mean, I mean, listen, there'll be a lot of trick plays with Jacoby Myers there. Well, that's a, that's a little it's thing. about the one bright spot. If you 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 have the best slot receiver in the NFL in Hunter Renfro, 
And if he can stay healthy, that is something that Jimmy G has always used to his advantage. He has Devontae Adams, who, let's face it, with Derek Carr, he got something out of, but it was consistency that was the biggest issue. Mm -hmm. The only thing with Jimmy G is if you're expecting him to go against Patrick Mahomes twice a year and put up 45 against him, it's going to be a tough task. I would say turn Madden off easy mode. Yeah, that's the only thing that you know in comparison to your division. Could they beat everybody else? Yeah, probably. Yeah, They could hang with them at least, but I think when you start getting into the Kansas Cities, the L.A. Chargers, whatever team shows up that week, and well, I would say Denver, but let's face it, that's going to be a whole different topic right there. It's Denver. Yeah, I mean, so out of four games, you're going to be you know having to outshoot Patrick Mahomes and yeah. Herbert. Yeah. I don't think he can do that, and I think that's going to be the ultimate downfall to this team, but I think they're going to be better than they were last year. And I will say, I could see them sneak in a second-place finish out of this. Yeah, well, the, the, schedule is, the schedule is – Okay, uh, looking at their schedule, they open up week one in Denver against the, Bron- right. against the Broncos. Week two, they travel up to Buffalo to play the Bills. Uh, week three, they have their home opener against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Then they travel on the road to play the L.A. Chargers. Week five, they play the Green Bay Packers on Monday night. Week six, they tra- they stay at home and play the New England Patriots. Uh, week seven, they travel on the road and play the Chicago Bears. Then they're on the road again the following week playing the Detroit Lions in week eight. Week nine, they stay at home to play the New York Gi- uh, Giants. Excuse me. Week 10, they stay at home to play the New York Jets. Week 11, they travel on the road to play the Miami Dolphins. And then week uh, 12, they uh, are at home against the Kansas City Chiefs. By week in week 13, uh, week 14, they're at home against the Minnesota Vikings. Week 15, at home against the Los Angeles Chargers. Week 16, on the road against Kansas City. Week 17, on the road against Indianapolis. And they close out the year at home against the Denver Broncos. I mean, there are some doable things, as you pointed out in there. I'm just not going to take the high road with them this year. Yeah, I don't Hopefully blame you. if I disrespect the hell out of them, maybe they'll play. Who knows? Uh, let's talk about the Denver Broncos. That's right. That's right. Uh, of course, that's the biggest problem, I guess. Your quarterback, Russell hey, Wilson. Hey. That's right. Jarrett Stedham is the, the number two. <laughs> Sexiest number two quarterback then, in all history. And then history. Ben DiNucci. Who? <laughs> yes, will be the number three quarterback. By the way, they currently have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven... 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 receivers Jesus on their depth chart. Jesus. Well, 13 receivers. Mind you, they do have Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy, Marvin Mims Jr., so they and Kendall Hinton, which are all good receivers. I don't understand why we need 17. By the way, one of the receivers' names is Little Jordan Humphrey. That is what he is listed on the depth chart. Little, L-I-L, awesome. Jordan Humphrey. I'll tell you why. It's the new head coach. Sean Payton. Yeah, there you go. And he always had a deep depth chart of wide receivers yeah, in New that's Orleans. True. That's true. I also want to point out there's more former New England Patriots quarterbacks in the AFC West than there are in the New England system. That's right. So here you go. Line still suspect as all hell. Yeah. Running backs, eh. Javante Williams is your number one running back. Yeah. And then a whole slew of guys that I've never heard of. Perrine, I think, was with the, the Bengals. But yeah. like I say, you never heard him behind Joe Mixon. And then we go to the defensive side of the ball. And other than the secondary, which has Pat Sertain uh, out there, eh, eh, yeah. eh, eh. Let's, let's ride all the way to the basement of the AFC West again. I yes. mean, is is Russell going to improve? Maybe. We'll see. You know, you didn't really do much offensively on with the offensive line or the receiver core. Jerry Judy's still there, Cortland Sutton, Cortland Sutton. You know, okay, you brought in Sean Payton, who he's a great offensive-minded coach, but that doesn't right the ship. I want to say this before we go further. We all had questions, and we were thinking that uh, up there in uh, Seattle, they were losing their mind. Mm-hmm. 
Pete Carroll, greatest coach ever. Yep. New win yeah. to, to get rid of Russell Wilson. Yeah. New win. We all question that. I will never question Pete Carroll ever again. Yeah. Genius. Ever again. Yeah. Just and throwing that out there. Except for play calls in the Super Bowl. You that, know, that's true. That's but, true. But still, I will never question him about a player again. But that was more on his offensive coordinator, so we'll go for yeah, that. Yeah, that's true. But I'm not expecting much out of this team. Same, similar record, if not worse. Yeah. I mean, looking at their schedule? Uh, yes, looking at their schedule. Week one, they're at home against the Las Vegas Raiders. Week two, they stay at home against the Washington Commanders. Uh, then, they bum, travel, bum, bum, bum. then they travel on the road week three to play the Miami Dolphins. Week four, on the road against the Chicago Bears. Week five, they are at home against the New York Jets. And then week six, they're at home against the, or excuse me, on the road in Kansas City. Week seven, they st- they're at home against the Green Bay Packers. Week eight, they're at home against the Kansas City Chiefs. By week and week nine, Week 10, they're on the road in Buffalo playing those Buffalo Bills on Monday night. Uh, week 11, uh, they are, pl- are at home against the Minnesota Vikings. Then week 12, they're at home against the Cleveland Browns. 13, they're on the road in Houston. Week 14, on the road playing the Chargers. Week 15, on the road playing Detroit. Then week 16, they're at home against the New England Patriots. Week 17, at home playing the Los Angeles Chargers. And then weeks 18, closing out at the Las Vegas Raiders. I mean, we'll have a couple wins this season. Yeah. Yeah. Easily. But, you know, a team that could also be making some noise, and I will say this, they they are without a doubt the most inconsistent team in all the NFL. Look at their playoff game last year against Jacksonville. And that's the Los Angeles Chargers. Ooh. Uh, Kurtz, hey, let's start with quarterback Justin mm-hmm. Herbert, one Good. of the best in the league. Good quarterback. Can't say anything against him. Uh, ride receivers. We got Mike Williams and uh, Keenan Allen and, uh, of course, Joshua Palmer. I'm not sure, you know, I think that that's going to be a good – that's a good receiving core. They always if, have If been. they're healthy. That's the yeah. biggest question mark with that. Gerald Everett at tight end. I like him sometimes. I don't like him other times. Of course, if you listen if you listen to uh, the NBC sportscasters, they think that Austin Eckler is the greatest running back in the league, and then the Raiders shut him down. Uh, so that was kind of funny. Me True and, story. We, me, and, me and Ken will tell that story forever. Yep. Uh, just because it was the funniest thing ever. How'd that work out for you, uh, Collins? Uh, I yeah. like this guy. Oh, it's oh no, that. the whole time. He's like, oh, Austin Eckler, he's the he's going to be the difference maker. He's going to burn the Raiders, and there's no way that they're going to stop him. And, yeah, yeah, that didn't quite happen. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that was the year that we put them out of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, go to the other side, man. I'll tell you what, they got big uh, They got big mileage from Khalil Mack last year, which I was kind of uh, yes, I was kind of surprised about. One of the things that we were that was lacking on the team to get to that next level was that we thought that their defense was going to be better than what it was, and they brought in a bunch of people last year, and then they did not perform the way that that defense should have. But one of the bright spots was Khalil Mack. Joey Bosa is back as well on the edge because they used two edge guys instead of linebackers, which is fine. I don't know if I like their defensive setup. I think overall their defensive coaching is probably the issue less than the players because they have Asante Samuel Jr. over there as well, uh, Michael Davis, uh, Derwin James uh, Jr., J.C. Jackson. So they have a secondary. They have an up front. But for some reason, they just can't get it done on the defensive side of the ball. Well, I know, I know uh, J.C. was hurt yes. most of last year. Yes, true. But once again, one player shouldn't be putting right. you down. Right. Especially, especially when you have a strong pass pass in uh, run rush mm-hmm. production. Yeah. It's, it's an amazing up front. And then their backfield, one guy in the backfield doesn't hurt you as much. I mean, I understand Buffalo, when you have three of your top guys in the secondary down, that's going to affect you. Sure. Not so much when only one of them's down. Uh, like I said, I put it more on coaching. 
mm-hmm. than I do on anything. And I think that that's the one main thing that we should talk about with the Chargers. I think the big question mark to get them over the hump before I pass it to you two gentlemen is coaching on both sides of the ball. I think it's sus at best. I think that they like to do their they're they're wonderful at doing that weird. Uh, you know, I like to go after the numbers. They're one of those stat. Their coach is a stats guy. He, it's it's a. Uh, Brandon Staley is the coach. Also, Ken and I are looking up the same thing. He's who, also who the fuck are their coaches? Okay, so Brandon Staley has been their coach for a little bit now. He's one of those guys, just like uh, homeboy down there in uh, Miami, who likes to uh, just just like, oh, I want to go by the numbers. Oh, so it says yeah. that I should. It says instead of kicking, I should go for you know fourth and yeah. fifteen. Um, not always smart. Defensive coordinator, they got Derek Ansley, and I think he's the biggest stuff of, out of all of them because their defense doesn't play up, and it's because I don't like the defensive setup. He's got a college scheme with two edge rushers. Mm-hmm. That should not be what you're doing in pro football. Just throwing that out there. I could be wrong, but once again, judging by the record, not so wrong. Their coaching staff doesn't wow me. I mean, I realize I'm no Chargers fan, and maybe it's the East Coast in, in me, but like I'm looking at their coaching staff. You mentioned Brandon Staley's the head coach. Uh, Derek Ainsley is their defensive coordinator. Uh, let's see. They've got – who is their offense? Oh, there it is. Kellen Moore. Uh, Kellen Moore is their offensive coordinator. I'm, I'm just browsing through the names. I'm not going to list them all. Kellen Moore is the only name on this entire coaching staff that I recognize. And at least with a couple, I'm sitting there going, oh, wait, Pat White's there. Maybe I was going to say, I was going to say, world-famous West Virginia quarterback, yeah, Pat White. Pat White's the offensive assistant. But, like, I'm looking at I'm look, most teams I can look at their coaching staff and go, oh, okay, there's a couple of names I remember. Oh, I didn't know they were there. Outside of that, I don't know who the fuck half these guys are. You know, so, listen, Chargers fans, I feel bad for you, but yeah, it might not be a good year. And I, I don't want to be well, the, that guy. But most of them do not look like they played football ever. No, they don't. Like, look at Brandon Staley. He does not look like he's ever played the game. Yeah. But he's the coach. You know, the thing about this is with Kellen Moore, I believe this is his first year with the team. I believe it so. Is. It is. He might get something out of them, but it's never been the offense that's been the problem. It's nope. more the defense. But That's why I said. But it, yeah, I agree with you. But the th- biggest question mark here is you have this team on paper that legitimately should only lose maybe three games a year. You would think. Just because they're that good on both sides I'll of give the ball, you that. yeah. And yet, we get mediocrity. Yeah, I don't think Kellen Moore is going to be the guy to get him over the hump. Like he might do, if if anything, he will make Herbert better. Yes, yeah, but true. that's true. it. I'm sorry, Austin Eckler. I don't think is the guy. I think Joshua Kelly's a, actually a better running back. I'm going to say that out loud. But yeah. looking at if their wide receiver core can stay healthy, this team should be putting up a lot of points. But they're still not as good as the Chiefs. And, I mean, I'll be honest, I think they're right there with the Raiders. It just, you have that, just that disconnect somewhere that is preventing them from taking that next step. And on paper, this team should be light years better. It's not. Sure, are they going to put up a lot of points in mediocre games? Yep. If you got them on your fantasy team, guess what? You're going to be winning some games. Other than that, in the real world, I'm sorry, like, they're... They're probably the third best team in this division. Yeah, no, I mean, listen, I'm not, I'm not expecting much out of these, out of these Chargers. You know, are they going to contend? Yeah, absolutely. I don't, I don't think they're going to not contend. You know, but am I expecting, you know, a playoff run out of them? Absolutely not. Yeah. So, I mean, looking at their schedule. Yeah, so looking at their schedule, uh, week one, they're at home against the Miami Dolphins. Then they go on the road to play the Tennessee Titans. They stay on the road for week three to play the Minnesota Vikings. Then they're at home against the Las Vegas Raiders before they have the illustrious second week of October bye week in week five. 
Uh, week six, they are at home against the Dallas Cowboys. That is on Monday Night Football. Week seven, they are on the road playing the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, week eight, they are at home playing the Chicago Bears. That one is slated for Sunday Night Football. Uh, week nine, they are on the road playing the New York Jets. That one on Monday Night Football. Uh, week 10, they are at home against the Detroit Lions. Then they are on the road playing Green Bay in week 11. Week 12, they are at home playing the Baltimore Ravens uh, at home. And then week 13, they are on the road playing the New England Patriots. Uh, week 14, they are at home playing the Denver Broncos. Week 15, on the road in Las Vegas. Week 16, at home playing the Buffalo Bills. Week 17, on the road playing Denver. And then closing out the season, week 17 against the Kansas, or excuse me, week 18 playing the Kansas City Chiefs. That's a rough end. That's a very, very rough ending. Speaking of the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, let's go right in there. The Kansas City Chiefs, let's be honest, we don't even have to break this down. Defensively, the names don't look sexy, but they get the job done. Yes, they do. Uh, offensively, the names don't all look sexy, but they get the job done. At the end of the day, they have the best quarterback in the league named Patrick Mahomes. It pains me to say this because I'm a Raiders fan. However, let's be honest, it doesn't matter who they put around him. We questioned it last year when they had lost, you know, we thought, hey, they lost all their receivers. How are they going to be this great? Tyreek Hill's gone. Everybody, no, no, they, they, they were fine. Mm-hmm. They were fine. They got Sky Moore. They got uh, Kadarius Tony. Which, uh, by the way, uh, Giants fans, how pissed off are you about that one? Oh my god! Uh, uh, Then they got some guys I never heard of, and that's fine because they got Richie James, Rashi Rice, and Justin Ross. And of course, we they do have some guys I know of because Marquez Valdez Scatling's still there. Mm -hmm. Uh, So let's be honest. Hey, doesn't matter. Tight ends. It doesn't really matter as long as Travis Kelsey's there and he's there. Uh, The offensive line is great. The defense is great. It's the Damn Chiefs. The only thing concerning for Travis Kelsey is he might not play week one because he did hyperextend his knee in practice today. So we'll we'll see if he does not play on Thursday. But Uh, it's kind of like Gronk in his prime. Half-ass Travis Kelsey will still be better than that. Yeah, that's true. I mean, listen, offensively, this team is... Not lost a step. You still got Isaiah Pacheo at running back. Jerick McKinnon is mm-hmm. still there. Clyde Edwards, hilarious. So that is a monster of a hydra there you got at the running back. Wide receiver court. Listen, you still got Patrick Mahomes. You, Tom, <laughs> look at the receiving court Tom Brady haven't had in his prime outside of the Randy Moss years, where it was like Randy Moss, Wes Welker, and Dante Stallworth. You know, Tom Brady did not have that sexy of a wide receiver court for a lot of those years, and he still made them look amazing. Patrick Mahomes in that same class. Long as Travis Kelsey's there, he'll be fine. So offensively, these guys will be fine. Defensively, these guys will be fine. I expect nothing less than a repeat, you know, of success for these guys. I, I just want to point this out, though. As you just said about uh, Tom Brady, just let, unlike Tom Brady, though, he's got Tony and Scatling, and both of those guys are more than serviceable. Yeah. Yes. So like he's he's got even bigger names than uh, outside of Randy Moss, right. Than Tom Brady ever had, and it's in. in I'll put him in that same breath. You're oh, absolutely yeah. right. Yeah. His wide receiver core could be Tyler from Thirty and Nerdy, <laughs> JT from Beyond the Back Cave, and Coach Duffy. And guess what? They'd still be fine. Should well, he make the three of us look good? To yeah. be fair, allegedly Coach Duffy would get suspended in Week Three for <laughs> gambling. But that's that's a whole other thing. Uh, gambling, you know, call that one eight hundred number with gambling problems. We don't. We love you, Coach. We haven't heard from him in a minute, so we we have to pick on him a little bit. There's some neck scratching going on. Yeah. But, like I say, the Chiefs are the Chiefs. So they're going to be what they're going to be. The only question marks at this stage is Chris Jones holding out right now, how long that's going to go. Because that will will hurt their defense, but it's not going to take him out of contention. Travis Kelsey, depending on his knee, you know, we got to just wait and see about that. But it's still freaking Patrick Mahomes. Yep. As long as he is healthy, they'll be fine. Also, we got we got to put him in the same thing as the Steelers at this point. You know, Andy Reid and his coaching staff, 
it it doesn't get much better. Yeah, like they this this organization is running from the top to the bottom, from the owners to the GM to the head coach, yeah. and everybody in between. This is one of the best ran franchises in football. I hate saying this, but we have to call it right down the middle. And it's true. There is there you know. Pittsburgh and them are the two consistent teams right now yeah. that are ran from the top to the bottom pretty much impeccably. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and yes, that doesn't mean they're going to win every season, but at the same point in juncture, they're always going to be in the hunt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's never going to be a time where they're not in a playoff hunt or in the case right now of Kansas City in the Super Bowl hunt. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, looking at their schedule, week one, they are at home against the Detroit Lions. Of course, that is coming up this Thursday. Week two, they are on the road playing the Jacksonville Jaguars. Week three, they are at home playing the Chicago Bears. Uh, week four, they are on the road playing the New York Jets. And then week five, they stay on the road and play the Minnesota Vikings. They return home in week six to play the Denver Broncos. Stay at home week seven to play the Los Angeles Chargers. Then they go back on the road week eight to play the Denver Broncos. Week nine, they play the Miami Dolphins. Technically, at home, although that game is in Frankfurt, Germany. Uh, by week in week 10, come back week 11 at home against the Philadelphia Eagles. Week 12, they're at the Las Vegas Raiders. They stay on the road for week 13 to play the Green Bay Packers. Week 14, they're at home against the Buffalo Bills. And then week 15, they're on the road in New England to play the Patriots. Week 16, they come back and they play the Las Vegas Raiders. Week 17, they stay at home to play the Cincinnati Bengals. And then they close out the regular season on the road playing the Los Angeles Chargers. Well, I think it's suffice to say, as we're going to break down the AFC West, I mean... I think we know where we're all going. Kansas City is obviously the overall number one. <laughs> yes. Yeah, KC is definitely going to win the division again. Uh, my number two spot is going to go to uh, the Chargers. Uh, Raiders at three, and the only reason the Raiders are at three is because the Broncos are the basement dweller, and I just don't see any hope for them. Yeah, no, I agree with Rich. This division, from what it was last year, Chiefs, Chargers, Raiders, Broncos, isn't going to change much. Um, just the win totals are going to change a little bit. I think the Chiefs are going to – I don't think they'll necessarily win 14 games, but they'll come close, maybe 12, possibly 13. Uh, Chargers, I think they'll improve by about one game. I think they'll finish 11-6. and six. Raiders, we'll see. And then Broncos, boy, you'll be lucky to get to five, in my opinion. Chiefs, Raiders at two, Chargers at three, because I just don't have any faith in them. I'm sorry, they're, they're, they would be my Cleveland and the bottom dweller of this division, but Denver is still there. And Denver, I don't care, Sean Payton, he's a great coach, but can he recapture the magic with that team? I don't think so, especially in that division. He don't got Drew Brees. Exactly. Russell Wilson, I think, is checked out mentally from you know where he once was, and I don't think he's as hungry to get back to, you know, what he wants to do. I think I, you know, he's in a good position for right now. So mm-hmm. he, he has a, he has a legacy career. What he did in Seattle will always be, you know, a, a thing of lore. Yeah. So, I mean, I think at this point he's just about riding. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he's going to ride off into those playoffs <laughs> <laughs> somewhere, somehow. Yeah. But we'll have to wait and see. But like we say, we have a lot of picks there from the AFC North and the AFC West. So hit us up on the hashtag, hashtag ODPagePod. What is your thoughts about those two divisions? We're going to take one last break and then come back and give you our predictions about who is going to the Super Bowl out of the AFC and this ODPH Pod NFL Preview Edition. You ever wondered what comics Mark from Vale Mai is into? What Zach from Left Behind's favorite MCU movies are? Well, Metalcore Nerds is the show for you. My name is Sean Mott, and here at Metalcore Nerds, we cover the latest things in pop culture, whether it be Star Wars, Marvel, DC, AEW, and everything else in between. You can listen to the show every Monday on Adobe Howl at 7 p.m. Eastern or find it anywhere you find podcasts after it debuts on the radio station. Coming back for the final segment on part one of the ODPH pod NFL preview edition with Rich from 3FN in the house. 
We broke down the entire AFC conference. Now it's time to let you know who's going to the playoffs and who is going to the Super Bowl. So, Pad, let's hear your picks. So, of course, my divisional winners uh, in the AFC East, I've got the Buffalo Bills, the AFC South, I've got the Jacksonville Jaguars, the AFC North, the Cincinnati Bengals, and then in the AFC West, I've got the Kansas City Chiefs. As for the wild card winners, I'm going to do this in no particular order because I'm not going to sit here and try to, like, organized by who I think's got more wins, who's got the fucking uh, you know, tiebreakers or all this other bullshit. Uh, I'm just going to go based off of who I think is going to make it in. Uh, for one of the, uh, what is it? Um, wild, cards. wild card spots. I'm going to go with the New England Patriots. I think they'll squeak in there. I'm going to give one to the, and I'm literally doing this off the top of my head. Uh, I'm not going to give it to anybody in the AFC West. I'll tell you that right now. Or the AFC South. Sorry, guys, is, yeah. is what it is. Uh, I'm going to give, so I'm going to give one to New England Patriots. I'm going to give one to the New York Jets. And then I'm going to give the other one to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Okay. And then when it's all said and done, who is going to the Super Bowl? Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say Cincinnati. I'm gonna say Cincinnati. Okay. Back there. All right, Rich. Let's right. hear your picks. So AFC East, I got the Buffalo Bills winning the division. AFC South, I've got the Jacksonville Jaguars winning the division. AFC North, I got the uh, Cincinnati Bengals winning the division, and of course in the West, we've got the one and only Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, my wild card teams. I'm going with the New York Jets will make the playoffs. And then I'm actually going to go in this way. I think the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Baltimore Ravens will make it. So mm. I think the AFC North will throw. Because, unfortunately, I think that uh, the, the the Miami Dolphins are too injury prone until proven otherwise. And I think the Patriots are going to be kind of beat up in that division, unfortunately. That's the only bad part about that division being so good is that there's going to be some L's across the board for all of them in the division. I don't think anybody's going to go clear across the board in the AFC East. Fair enough. And who you got going to the game? You know what? You know, last year I got fancy with my pick. I do like the Bengals pick. That is a very good pick. But I, I'm going to say it. I'm going with Kansas City Chiefs until proven otherwise. Um, it's just the safe bet. I get it. I'm going to be safe this year because hopefully by me picking them, they won't go and the Cincinnati Bengals will go because I'm excited for that. But at the same point in juncture, until proven otherwise, I think you have to give the nod to the, to the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm, I'm giving Kansas City their due. You know, they all the deserved respect. But the last team to repeat it in a Super Bowl, a Super Bowl champs were the New England Patriots. I cannot willingly root. I cannot willingly, with that stat in my root for the Kansas City Chiefs to win the Super Bowl because that means that stat will no longer be valid. Listen, so that points out the fact that I said that I'm trying to jinx them as well by saying uh, the Kansas okay, City Chiefs because okay. I, I don't think I, I have not picked the AFC champion right in the last like five years. Mm-hmm. So therefore, I have, however, picked the NFC champion right pretty consistently. Yeah, so I was gonna say, but but the AFC not so much. So hopefully this is the jinx, like the Madden curse. It's the curse of rich. Kansas <laughs> City Chiefs are going to the Super Bowl, and hopefully hopefully it pays off. So for me, I am taking the Bills, AFC East. My two wild cards coming out of there are the Jets and the Patriots. In the NFC, or I'm sorry, the AFC North, I'm taking the Bengals. And I am taking the Steelers with the other wild card position. And that leaves Jacksonville by default to win the South because somebody has to by reasons. (laughs) And then Kansas City in the West. I think the Raiders are going to be in that talk into the final weeks, but I think it's just going to fall apart. No offense. Uh, And that said, okay, I, I would love Buffalo to go, but I never jinxed my own team. I can't say Miami because of reasons and just very good reasons. Yeah, very good reasons. Yeah, 
Um, you didn't even pick them for the playoffs, so that could be another right. reason. <laughs> I'm just breaking down. I'm just because you know what? I almost I almost went with with the playoff spot, but I am just I don't know what we're gonna get out of Tua, and I'm I'm just hoping he's healthy. Like and I know honestly, yeah, God, yeah. my 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 Miami Dolphin hatred aside, I hope he's actually in a really good place physically when he's playing this year. Um, you know what? Just I want to be different. I'm gonna take the Jets. Oh jeez! Whoa, okay. he's riding the jet wave. You know because J E T S Jets Jets Jets. I I can't root for Kansas City, even though I would jinx them. But I I fear like that would work. Yeah, like they would you know they would somehow get there. Yeah, and quite frankly, I'm just gonna go because I would like to see Gary Vaynerchuk go to the Super Bowl okay. and just the amount of TikToks that would go there because I think the winner is gonna come out of the NFC, and that's why you're gonna have to tune in tomorrow to hear my pick of who is gonna win the Super Bowl. But before we get there, we got to say our goodbyes. Rich, as always, thank you for coming by the show. It's always a fun time. I love doing this show. Absolutely. So let the fine folks know where to find you and everything going on with 3FN. Oh, it's simple. Just go to 3FNpodcast.com. All the social media links are there, as well as the links to our T public, the Patreon link, patreon.com slash 3FNpodcast for as little as $1 a month to get a ton of extra bonus content. On top of all of that, uh, you can find links to the shows that we do, including 607TWS, friends of the show like the ODPH. And uh, then there's also the musical directory and sponsors of the show and all that stuff. So just check out 3FNpodcast.com. And, of course, make sure that you are subscribed to the Nerd Initiative YouTube channel because, uh, A, you want to see Ken M over there on Turn a Page every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. But, but, also, if you're a wrestling fan, Wednesday, September 13th, and then their fourth after every Wednesday, but starting on September 13th, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, myself, Ken M., and other members of the Nerd Initiative Wrestling Dojo will be breaking down WWE and AEW news on Wrestling Night Live, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, every Wednesday, starting September 13th. So make sure you're following Nerd Initiative's YouTube channel to uh, be a part of that, especially when we kick it off. Not this Wednesday, then this Wednesday, the week after September 13th. You have a week to prepare, folks. Get get familiar really quick. Pad, if everyone wants to find out what's going on with the ODPH, where do they go? ODPHpodcast.com. That's all we got for this edition, so make sure you stay tuned for the NFC preview edition that is dropping tomorrow if you're subscribed, and you should be. So that being said, for Pat Awanjay. Fuck the Astros. For Rich. Yeah. And my name is Ken M. Thank you, as always, for listening to the ODPH podcast, better known as the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour. We'll see you tomorrow, or we'll see you next time. Down to the punch, cause they can't bring me.